0: This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything you want. Toll-free number here, 855 free. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line. And you can join us on our website. Head over to freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features that uh, we give to you there. It is the live Labor Day edition of Free Talk Live, and we are here, as we always are, to take your calls about whatever's on your mind. Joining you tonight, uh, we've got a bit of a special crew this evening. (laughs) Uh, It's Ian here. And Dale. And Mark. Dale, joining us for the first time in a long time from uh, his radio program, Flaming Freedom. Flaming it feels very freedom. nostalgic
1: to be back. Does it feel nostalgic?
0: Yeah. Well, it's good to have you here. And, of course, you are being uh, kept busy by doing your own radio program twice a week, uh, which folks can hear at FlamingFreedom.com. <laughs> Who's
1: yep. the flaminist on Flaming Freedom? <laughs> the flaminist? Uh, well, really, neither Neil nor myself is very flaming at all. But sometimes when we have a third guest on, I would say uh, occasionally we have Derek on. Uh, he's pretty yeah, he's pretty flaming. Or Andre. Yeah, yeah. Andre's pretty flaming, I think. There you go. You I have... think neither of them would be offended that I say that. I think they, <laughs> I think they uh, embrace it. So. I, have, I, I suspect you're right.
0: You guys have a good crew over there. Uh, you have fun, and that's what's uh, what's important. So glad it's still working out. How long has it been going on now? Because it originally was Prometheus Unchained, then changed names to Flaming Freedom. Right.
1: It's uh, If you include Prometheus Unchained, it started January 16th, 2011. All right. So uh, not quite two years, but getting there. Yeah, and it's been at least a weekly show ever since then, and sometimes more. So. It's great. So, welcome back. Uh, good to have you here. Of course, we'll be doing uh,
0: the show as normal, which means open phones. You can call in about absolutely anything that you want
2: uh, at 855 So, how many shows do you think are... Uh, live, right, uh, you know, shows were live today. How many national-type yeah. shows? National I shows.
0: don't know. I, uh, you listen to a talk radio, Mark, so you'd probably know better than I really I really
2: can't tell, though. I mean, you know, I don't pay I don't pay enough attention that, uh, you know, I would know whether or not they are playing a best of. I'd have to listen. You'd have to listen every day, and yeah. oftentimes they don't say, best of, or they'll have somebody sitting in, which is the other thing they do. And it's not like we don't do that. I mean, basically, we do that every week. We have seven days a week, and... It's not every host, it's it's not you and I uh, teaming up seven days a week because then we'd have, never have a day off. We right. both do six days a week and we stagger them.
0: So we're here, 855-450-FREE, and there's always news to discuss. We'll start out with sad news about uh, the Pirate Bay founder. Did you guys hear about what happened to him? Yep.
2: Nabbed in Cambodia.
0: Gottfried Svaltholm, the Pirate Bay founder, better known online as Anakata, has been arrested in a riverfront apartment in Phnom Penh, the Cambodian capital. This story according to VentureBeat.com. He'd been wanted internationally ever since January when he failed to appear in Sweden to serve a 12-month prison sentence. No, uh, so far, neither Cambodian nor Swedish authorities have issued public statements about the charges that he now faces, and the post will be updated as more information becomes available. Yeah,
2: this is I, when I read this story, they just said that he was facing a year for some charges in the past, and that what did, didn't really jibe with me is... You get time for not showing up, too. <laughs>
1: I mean, right. I guess if you escape from prison, it's 15 years. Depends on—I'm not sure how Sweden handles it, though. Uh, maybe they're more lenient about that. Maybe. Probably
2: more lenient.
0: Maybe, but then again, governments, uh, they don't tend to like it when you don't show up to their jail. They like, tend not to. They At least around here, they call it bail jumping. And it 's a felony,
1: it kind of gets down to the foundation of how they control us is if you're if you 're not giving in to the fear they 're trying to maintain at all times, then that 's right. a sign that they have to fix something yeah
2: it's absolutely this voluntary control that they uh they try to to to, to you know have over you
0: so far again no no statements have been issued uh, and this was published a couple days ago now, so i 've yet to see. Uh, Any updates on this, at least according to VentureBeat.com, but Svartolm has been in a significant legal trouble since 2006 when Swedish police first raided the Pirate Bay, the torrent site, for copyright violations in January of 2008, even though, of course, the Pirate Bay itself doesn't actually
2: violate anyone's copyright. Right. This is one of those things where they just decide, well, you know, it's close enough that you're breaking
1: the law. I guess they're, they're treating him like an accessory. Someone Basically. who made it possible for someone else to violate copyright.
0: <laughs> yep, that's right. Because essentially, for those that don't know, if you've been living under a rock, the Pirate Bay is the most popular of all torrent sites
2: on the internet. It yeah, is, is an like old sort of uh, e-donkey and Napster, th- this idea, where you can go get free music and th- things like that, right? N-
0: well, no. Yes, no. Yes, in that it's a list of downloadable movies and music. No, in that... Uh, the Pirate Bay is just that. It's just a list. Uh, eDonkey and these other services are file sharing p- platforms, okay. essentially, whereas the Pirate Bay does not actually take part in, uh, you know, the sharing of those files. It's
2: kind of like a, a, it's a classified, directory. If you will. It's a classified where people can um, list the things that they have available. There you go.
1: Exactly. It, it, it's quite a reach. It, it's definitely a reach to, to take to go from there to making him a criminal himself.
2: Well, but that's
0: the way things are uh, because doing anything at all that could possibly uh, promote copyrighted works being transferred over the internet without permission of their supposed owners is apparently a criminal act. They, these by the days.
2: way, this guy uh, set himself up as a religion, I believe, uh, that the copy me uh, ism or something like that—the religion that the the Pirate Bay had. Was that him? Was he involved in that? As, as I understand, it was. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know.
1: Does, well, it like, does it feel like these, these questions are coming up quite a lot more? I mean, I guess just the fact that it's, there's so much more technology and it's so much easier to do this and people have found so many ways uh, and so many people are simply doing it that the morality of it keeps getting – that question keeps getting raised, it seems like. I hope it does. It yeah. almost feels like it's coming to a head, and we're going to have to resolve this uh, or move this forward in some way.
0: Either that, or start filling the jails up with pirate
2: uh, or you know file sharers. They just want to make uh, examples out of people. That's what yep. their intention. I
1: is. saw a, I saw a comic that showed a caveman um, sitting by a fire and saying. Uh, I'm tired of people stealing my fire idea. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, I mean, and this really does you know, bring up a point. The guy who discovered the creation of fire, how come he's, his ancestors aren't getting a little check every time somebody lights a candle or uses combustion or something like that? The wheel? The, the, the guy who created the wheel. I mean, you know, it's Well, there was
0: no criminal gang around then to give you a monopoly on your ideas.
2: But now the criminal gang says that uh, you know somebody who writes a song has it for their lifetime and 99 years, thanks to Sunny Bono or whatever mm-hmm. But, you know, baby. so Baby Einstein, what do they do? They come up with, uh, you know, Mozart music behind their little uh, videos and stuff like that. Because, because it's not copyrighted. Right. Mozart's ancestors aren't getting a piece of this. Why, and why should they? Why should they? Why should you, you know, why should the artist's family for 99 years but not 100 years get a check? I mean, it just doesn't, I mean, is that really what we want to do? We want to create an, uh, a world full of people who don't have to work because they're uh, getting a check from, uh, you know, these some invention that they're grandfather came up with so
0: what happened well in january of 2008 svartholm and pirate bay cohorts Friedrich Nij, peter sund and carl lundstrom were charged with promoting others infringement of copyright promoting others infringement. so that's the that's the crime promoting others infringement of copyright so if i tell you to go to the pirate bay and download whatever it is you want to download, or do I have to say specifically uh, to download, you know, the newest, hottest movie to in order for it to be uh, in promoting that? Because if you go to the Pirate Bay, you can download Derek J's Victimless Crimes, sp- but you know it's listed. Derek J's Victimless Crimes. The and there's
1: nothing even illegal about that. Because exactly. You want people to download it and.
0: It's in the public domain. We released it to the public uh, domain. You know, we don't believe in intellectual property, and so therefore, downloading that film is not a violation of any copyright whatsoever. I I believe so. There are legal things that are listed on the Pirate Bay. Is the point I wanted to make? It's it's just an
2: index. I'd like to, to point out that I do believe in intellectual property, but I believe that the enforcement is should be entirely different. First off, it's your responsibility to protect your property and if uh, you you just release it out there on the internet and have the expectation that somebody's not going to listen to your music or whatever That's just ridiculous secondarily you know if somebody's listening to the music they're not stealing any money from you it's one thing if uh, you know if if some big band picks up some little guy's song and goes and makes a fortune off of it and doesn't Mm -hmm. write him a check and isn't uh, you know kind to him in any way that's it's another thing entirely if you're talking about you know, some band out there that, uh, you know, I, I want to hear their music. I mean, now the internet is the new radio.
0: We've got more on this here coming up. 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can take control of the airwaves. This live Labor Day edition. Uh, more about the Pirate Bay, file sharing, intellectual property, or whatever's on your mind. You take control if you like. 855-450-FREE. That's one 4503733. What do you think about this uh,
2: Pirate Bay founder facing months in jail now? Do you like action and adventure? Do you like suspense? Do you like being scared? Are you tired of the same old crap from your fantasy and horror authors? Then try something original. Give Matthew Bellotti's books a read. As a special promotion to introduce you to his work, all his eBooks will be free to download at mwb.freetalklive.com September 5th and 6th. All five of his books, free, no strings attached. It's Matthew Wayne Bellotti, the best fantasy horror author you've never heard of. mwb.freetalklive.com
0: This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything that you want. Toll-free number here is 855-453, and that is the SACL CAI toll-free line. Join us on our website over at freetalklive.com. Enjoy all the features that we have waiting for you there. Live Labor Day edition here with you tonight. It's Ian. And Dale. And Mark. All right. Of course, we'll take your calls about anything if you make them. Also, we are talking about the Pirate Bay founder. And then coming up, uh, Dale, you've got a related story about a movie uh, director slash producer or whatever named, or the uh, the movie's called Fathead, and you're going to tell us more about that uh, and how that ties into this intellectual property discussion that uh, that we're having. But the founder or one of the founders of uh, the Pirate Bay, Godfried Svartholm, has been arrested in Cambodia living in an apartment uh, apparently on the riverfront in uh, Phnom Penh, and he is going to be taken to Sweden apparently where he is uh, supposed to supposed to have appeared to serve a 12 month prison sentence as in January of 2008 according to venturebeat.com
2: You know the world's getting smaller if you can't go and hang out at an apartment uh, a riverfront apartment in Phnom Penh and, and be, left alone. The, uh, be left alone <laughs> the world's getting smaller I mean it's Yeah it's beginning to look like the born identity where they really can find you anywhere they want to find you Um, Back in
0: 2008, he and some of his cohorts were charged with promoting others' infringement of copyright, a conviction conviction of which could lead up to years in jail and huge restitution fines. To whom would those restitution fines be paid? Because here's the thing about the Pirate Bay. I mean, you can go there right now just because they're arresting the founder doesn't mean the Pirate Bay is going to go down. The Pirate Bay has been the most resilient of all of the torrent sites. The reason why it's the number one torrent site in the world is because every time they take it down, it comes back. And there are a bunch of mirror sites as well. So if you ever encounter a situation where the Pirate Bay is down, every now and then it'll happen. Uh, Just type in Pirate Bay Mirrors into Google and you'll get a whole list of sites that that basically copy over all the content from Pirate Bay, probably at least once a day, if not more. And uh, they they essentially mirror the entire content of the site. Now, again, that they're not mirroring the software, they're not mirroring the movies or the the games. They're just mirroring the torrents and the information that uh, the, the computer, your computer, needs to go and find these things. And really, that's all that the Pirate Bay or any other torrent site does. And so, it's
2: a map just because yeah. there is a pizza shop on a map doesn't mean the map has pizza
1: <laughs> right I mean, it's just ridiculous and this is essentially what replaced Napster and Napster had where was allowed people to upload files and then download them and and again was intended uh, at least on its face was intended to be used for sharing files that people wanted to share and had had authorized to share. But sometimes people would upload things that were not authorized. Actually, quite a lot of people would upload things. And then BitTorrent took over because it was a distributed thing. Lots of people's, uh, the files were on different people's computers, and it was just a way of interconnecting all these different computers so that they could share files. And now there was no, there's no head of the snake to chop off. And that's what makes the BitTorrent so much more robust as a system for sharing files. And
2: and also, um, you know, most of these sites at one point, you know, most of these sites that did this would sort of skulk around like rats at a shipyard. You know, they'd run along the edges of the walls and the dark places. Pirate Bay is out there saying that we believe that this is the right thing to do, Mm. to share information. We believe that uh, hiding information behind a, a claim of monopoly privilege is wrong. And... I don't know precisely what's right and wrong in this area. I mean, I think that there's some interesting arguments on both sides. But the but one side is saying, no, we will not change. No, we will not move. We own and we will destroy. The other side saying is saying, is this crush, this mass of people – they just want to share information. They want to listen to music. They want to watch movies. They want to do it in an easy way. And, and they're going to. They're, they're going to. And the world is changing, whether, whether the dinosaurs like it or not. This is how changes happen. This is organic and from the ground up. And you can scream about how it's theft to the high heavens. But unless we can figure out – I mean, there's this thing called the Creative Commons out there. This is a new and interesting idea. And what you need to do is you need to rely on people – to do the right things. Free Talk Live, we give away our program. Give it away. You can have it, you know, for whatever on the internet. Go to freetalklive.com. It's free. Take it, chop every, it up, sell it, who cares? Every other talk show host in the country is besides the like NPR, is selling you their show. And they would have a fit. They go come after you if you were giving it away. I don't care. Please distribute the show. Is NPR, all right with
1: that? Yeah, NPR. Well, NPR's I, business model is to just torture you until you give them money with right. their, with their promotional. As stuff. is Free
2: Talk Lives. <laughs> I mean, you know, we ask you to uh, to support us through the AMP program. So oh, we can yeah. Advertise. It's
1: nothing like what NPR puts three people through to get them to donate.
2: <laughs> I agree.
0: We will stop giving you entertainment until you give us twenty thousand dollars. <laughs> Please
2: call right now. Uh, but I mean, you know, Free Talk Live. We get. The, the suggestion, I guess, is with the freemium model, is that you'll get somewhere around ten percent. Is that right? Of the people will you know give you some level nice. of support? It would be really nice. I don't, know if I, that's I don't think true. we're getting that. I don't know what the freemium model is. The freemium model is saying that uh, you know you give it away for free, and then some people will buy your extras, and that's essentially what Free Talk Live does with its. It's
0: trusting in the universe uh, that you know what you give comes back around to you. Essentially, I mean, there's well, a,
1: and here, there's, there's, there's more. It's, um, there's a simpler explanation than the universe for those who, who need it. And that is if you put your stuff out there and make it really, really convenient for people. And uh and you can do that with modern technology. It, stuff is instantly replicable because it's data. And you make it really convenient, you keep prices very reasonable and people are glad to pay it if they enjoy what you're doing. And and a lot of, I think a lot of people I know I'm one of these people. If it's if it's very convenient and it's got and it's what I want, I'd rather just do that and pay a reasonable price than go out and dig up a Searching torrent it. and it might not be a good torrent. It might put bugs on my computer. Who knows sure. what? There there are a lot of downsides to torrenting and such, but it but they're not very they're not much in terms of downsides if you're overpricing your product. Right. Because you feel that people are obligated to pay whatever you demand for it and you feel like you have this ridiculous monopoly. You essentially when you produce a particular product, a very specific product, like a book or a song or a movie, then you you are demanding a monopoly, an absolute monopoly on that product. There's not really market forces to make to make your prices reasonable. You need to do that. You Chances do are
2: good that. that whatever the information you have in your book isn't worth whatever the you know, the this high gigantic price that you put on. So if you you know, with an e book, all you're doing is transferring information. It's not worth the twenty four ninety five that they sell a book for in the store, a hardcover book. It's not worth that. So you don't have to
0: pay all the middlemen. You don't have to pay the distributors and the wholesalers and the people putting the book on a shelf
1: somewhere so all those costs are cut
2: the people that are making money in ebooks are selling them for between 99 cents and 2.99 3.99 something like
1: that 2.99 seems to be a very magic number we were just researching it because i'm a i'm trying to be a writer myself
0: well even i know that taron lupo uh you might want to talk with him uh he's a writer obviously of some great liberty oriented books um and uh Taryn, I d I've I really enjoyed uh, Pirates of Savannah. I
2: thought it was uh it was fantastic. You read that while you're in
0: jail. Yeah. Uh <laughs> and I've heard other people who were also in jail say that it was uh it was fantastic. But uh you know he's Captive been, Audience. <laughs> I know he's been giving away uh some of his books. Like he'll do promotions like where, hey, my book is free for the next 24 hours. And then people can just go and, and download it. And, and there must be a reason
2: for that, yeah, right? It's, it's got to get the buzz going. It's I think it get... gets, uh, it gets uh, comments
1: going on uh, Amazon and mm. stuff like that. And Probably raises it on the level of things that people just might happen to see by relation to other things they're looking at Maybe. and such like that.
2: Matthew Wayne Bellotti is doing a similar thing. He talked to um, he talked to Taryn and, and figured out how to do that. And we're going to be promoting his book here oh, shortly. Oh, that's right. Yeah.
0: Great. Looking forward to that as well. 855-450-FREE. More coming up. Uh, intellectual property we're here live on labor day uh you can take control of the airwaves you can also bring up whatever you want toll free number here is 855-450-free. that's one 450 3733 more on the way this is free talk live are you a
3: liberty activist or enthusiast looking to meet others like you do you want to advance capitalism peace and freedom but aren't sure how I'm Amanda Mill, executive director of Liberty on the Rocks, encouraging supporters of a free society to host happy hour. Activism and education doesn't need to be boring, and you can find free market friends. So start a Liberty on the Rocks network near you and begin connecting and informing libertarian thinkers over drinks. Visit www.libertyontherocks.org.
0: Free Talk Live. You can dial in toll-free, bring in whatever you want, your live Labor Day edition of the program. The toll-free number is 1-855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. You can join us on our website. Head over to freetalklive.com and enjoy the features that we give to you. Uh, Once again, freetalklive.com. As we continue here, we will take your calls about anything. Also, we've been talking about intellectual property. As the one of the founders of the Pirate Bay has been located internationally, uh, found in Cambodia, now uh, likely to be taken back to Sweden where he's expected to serve probably a year in prison, which may end up being more now because he
2: was on the lam but we'll give you more about that story in moments yeah i mean i don't know if that, that counts as an escape or not uh, the phone lines are brought to you by sickle c-a-i sickle c-a-i is a company that handles accounts receivable if you've got a company and you're having trouble handling accounts receivable because oh well, i don't know perhaps you got into business to do whatever it was that you got into business to do and not not to handle this annoying paperwork thing uh, you could hire sickle c-a-i to do it they do collections or layout billing they purchase charged off receivables they record every call so that you know that they're handling your customers in the way that uh, you would like them to. Sakel CAI. You can see their banner at freetalklive.com. It's the top one on the right-hand side of the page.
0: We'll continue uh, giving you the details on what's happening with the Pirate Bay founder here in a moment. But first to the phones and the fun, let's go to Matt listening in Illinois. You're on Free Talk Live. Hey, Matt.
4: Good evening, gentlemen. Hey,
0: what's on your mind tonight?
5: Um, I want to talk a little bit about uh, li- trying to convince liber- liberals – ...of the freedom message versus trying to convince conservatives. Okay. You started You started talking about that um one of the shows. I've been listening to podcasts podcast a couple of few nights ago. And, um, Leon, you said you were of the opinion that it was easier to convince liberals than conservatives.
0: Uh, yes, that's been message. my experience. But it may and, be easier and, for somebody who's of a conservative mindset to... Uh, Convince conservatives, although that's originally where I was. I was originally a Republican before I became a, a liberty-minded person. Uh, I just uh, find that I have more in common generally with uh, with liberals. Uh, they, you know, are they tend to be interested in uh, more interested in peace. Uh, they tend to be more socially accepting of people who are different. Uh, that sort of thing. So I, I find that uh, we have more common ground from which to start, and that uh, you know they a lot of them do really want to help people. Uh, I'm not saying that conservatives don't want to help people. It's just that uh, it's easier to, I think, bring liberal-minded folks around to the ideas. But what's your experience? Oh,
5: well, my experience is with is, is that conservatives are actually far easier to um to uh, convince, and I have found that. The liberals I know seem to be—I don't know—showing um, uh, signs of uh, more of that they're that they're religiously accepting of the Democrats these days. They they're just so full of praise, it's like they think that Barack Obama is some kind of god or something. I, and I I I have a real problem. Um, with some of these people trying to convince them of, uh, of some uh, some of my, uh, some of the principles, despite the fact that they're you know supposedly trying to help people?
1: I I see that definitely. I I have friends myself. I came from Los Angeles not uh, about five years ago. I'd been in Los Angeles for eight years. I made a lot of friends over there that are pretty hardcore Democrats, and they seem it seems religious to them. And I see what you're talking about. But do you ever wonder if you feel like you're you have a better time of converting conservatives you said i mean don't you think maybe to some extent that has to do with your own where your own heart is to some extent i think that libertarians have a tendency to maybe lean conservative or lean liberal in terms of their personal preferences but we respect other people's preferences and that's what makes us libertarian and whereas i for instance feel like i lean liberal uh i've said this a lot recently if if uh I'm a libertarian because I respect other people's preferences and choices and I don't try to impose my will on people. But in terms of the kinds of issues that seem most important to me, the things that I tend to want to focus my efforts on and such, they tend to be the things that maybe liberals are are big on, things like being anti-war, things like being against a police state, uh, things like uh, wanting to help poor people, just not through the government, things like that. So I feel like that's kind of where my heart is. You know what I'm saying? And so I feel like I have a better time converting liberals than I do converting conservatives.
5: I, I do understand what you're saying, and, and you know, I, I don't deny that you have these um you know, those experiences. And I, I think that's great. But what I have found is that, um because I, I do lean more to the conservatives, but it seems like it seems to me that my conservative friends And maybe it's because it's it's me that they're talking to. I don't know. But they they seem to want to admit more quickly that when I point out facts to them that, you know, I hadn't thought of it that way and that they're wrong about Hmm. uh, certain things as as speaking. Because I I try more from the economic side of things than anything else to convince
0: people. Well, that's a good argument for a conservative,
5: right? I I would also
1: posit that you probably use very logical arguments. As opposed right, right. to appealing to someone's heart and their emotional appeals. There you appeals. go. That's right.
2: Liberals aren't logical. Go right ahead and say it. Well, <laughs> it,
1: it's not. It's not so much that is that uh, is that for everyone you have to get past. You have to kind of get past their emotional barriers before you before they even listen to logic. People have a lot yeah, of emotional well, and barriers, and
5: and the point I was going to make. I, I'm sorry, I, I took so long getting there. But the point I was going to make is when I talk to liberals. And I talk about Barack Obama and specifically the fact that he hasn't ended all that he's that he's started more wars and he's he keeps uh the the um he, he keeps up with the torture that they hated against Bush. And I point out the similarities that he has towards Bush. That you know when I when I when I say to a conservative, you know, Bush grew the government, they say, Yeah, he did and they admit that. But when I point out that Barack Obama has the same as as the same uh, policies – some of the same policies that Bush has, the liberals just – that just – that dies right there. The liberals will just – so it's like they're in complete state of denial. They, uh, they, they mm. don't want to think about that at all.
1: I'm going to risk chiming in again, and I'm afraid I'm going to – you might be getting the impression I'm just trying to shoot down everything you say, and that's not the case at all. In fact, I'm just trying to maybe – uh, help you I'm, I'm sort of trying to look at it and think well what could be happening here that that's uh that's that's causing this sort of seems like repeated fail when you're trying to talk to people and one thing to think about is right now obama is in power bush is gone he's not coming back there's really not much at risk for a republican to admit that you know they they can concede something they're not in the mode of having to be campaigning for bush Whereas someone who's got Obama in power right now, they have been – whoever's uh, president is in power or whoever you want to be in power, you are – you end up in this mode, uh, people who are Republican or Democrat, very hardcore, they end up in this mode of being extremely apologetic for their candidate mm-hmm. because they're constantly campaigning for them. Playing defensive linemen. Yeah. And uh, and Obama is running for re-election right this very moment. So um, I just see – I see all my Democrat friends, uh, all the things that would – that should bother them to no end about Obama. They'll probably admit it six, five, six years from now that Obama – they didn't like this about him. They didn't like that about him because they're, they're not – there's nothing at risk anymore. By conceding those points, well, you there's know?
0: always a spectrum, right? So, I mean, whenever we're talking about somebody who might consider themselves a liberal or somebody who considers themselves a conservative, you're always dealing with somebody who's, uh, they you know, you're going to plot them on a graph somewhere compared to the rest of the, the conservatives no and liberals, uh, and so some of them are going to be more. Yeah, the party. I'm all about the party. Whatever the party does, I think is right. Uh, whereas others may be more independent-minded, but they've decided to kind of throw in with one, one team or the other uh, for whatever reason. So, you know, there's, the, there's that that range uh, between them. So, I mean, I can give you an example of uh, my experience with Occupy. I, I've spent a lot of time supporting and, and doing things with, uh, with some of the occupiers. Most of those guys absolutely know that Barack Obama has broken his promises and are totally on board with... you. You know, not being a fan of Barack Obama. That doesn't mean they're going to you know fall in love with Mitt Romney either, but uh, I imagine they're having a difficult time figuring out what to do uh, with, uh, with the election. But, uh, you know, those kind of folks are definitely more open-minded to the ideas of, uh, of liberty, especially if you've, you know, worked with them for a little while and you've built relationships with them as well. So I think uh, there's just so many different factors that come into play. But I'm glad to hear, uh, Matt, that it works well for you reaching out to conservatives because we've all got to specialize at something at uh, bringing people on board with these ideas. And thank you for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you. 855 450 free, the SACL CAI toll free loan. You can give us your experience. And this is Free Talk Live this is free talk live you can dial in toll free bring up whatever you want 855-450-FREE the SACL CAI toll free line 1-855-450-3733 and join us over on our website at freetalklive.com you can enjoy all the features that we uh, will give to you there And if you do, then you can help support the show by becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier. Go to amp.freetalklive.com. AMP stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. And the idea is that, uh, you know, what we were talking about earlier, the freemium model, where we give stuff away to you. We give you the website. We give you the features. We give you the the archives that go all the way back to late 2006, the live streams for your mobile phone or whatever you want to connect with. Uh, We give all that away. And we ask you to voluntarily support the show through the AMP program for 3 bucks a month. Now, that's less than the price of some cups of coffee, less than the price of uh, some hamburgers out there. Uh, $3 a month, not a lot of money, but it makes a difference for us because when a bunch of people give us 3 bucks a month, it adds up, and then we can take that and invest it into the show, get on more radio stations around the country, and bring more internet listeners on board as well. So you can help with that, and it makes a big difference for us. You get perks, too, like access to the AMP-only call-in lines, AMP-only forum, the AMP-only podcast, which doesn't have the regular commercials that a a normal podcast, uh, our normal uh, archives do. So go to amp.freetalklive.com if you'd like to help. It makes a big difference.
2: BitInstant is the way to get bitcoins. Um, If you don't know what a bitcoin is, you can go to weusecoins.org and watch the video there. And you know find begin your search into the area of bitcoins they're an online currency they're peer to peer they're open source it's impossible for somebody to counterfeit them impossible for someone to inflate them and it's impossible for anyone government agency or bank or whomever to mess with your account you become your own bank you can send and receive money without fees with bitcoins and bitinstant makes it easy for you to get your bitcoins you Go to bit, BitInstant.com. dot com. You get a little uh, you know little number, a little code number where you go to your local place. Uh, more than seven hundred fifty thousand locations, whether it's banks or CVS's or Seven Elevens and all kinds of different locations, WalMarts. You can go and uh, you know deposit there, and then you'll have your, the coins in your wallet by the time you return it. Generally, BitInstant.com. dot com.
0: Alright, let's continue here. Of course, we'll take your calls about anything. We started the hour out talking about Pirate Bay founder Gottfried Svartholm, who is now looking at 12 months in prison at least uh, since he had failed to appear in Sweden to serve his prison sentence. He ended up hiding out in Cambodia where he was found and arrested. Uh, while living in a riverfront apartment there in January of 2008, he and some of his cohorts at the Pirate Bay were charged with promoting others' infringement of copyright, a conviction of which could lead up to years in jail and huge restitution fines. In April of 2009, the four were convicted as accessories to copyright crime and sentenced to one year in prison each. They were also ordered to pay around $3.5 million U.S. million in damages. Now, I don't know about you, but uh, I, I have no idea how much the Pirate Bay makes off of its operations, but I highly doubt it's a multi-million dollar operation
2: doesn't seem very likely. I mean, it's this is it's it's a website. Yeah, it's it's intended so that
1: people can share information back and forth. Yeah, there's probably maybe some ads on it.
2: I think there uh, are some ads
0: on it, but, but you're
1: not going to make tons no. off of just having some ads on your website. So the likely.
0: idea that these guys are going to be able to pony up three point five million bucks. Uh, They'll be lucky
1: if they're paying their server costs with the ads. They're making a, an example out of them.
0: Absolutely. They are. But one of the most disturbing parts about this is. Is the idea that they are convicted of you know essentially being an accessory to infringement of copyright, promoting others' infringement of copyright? But if you ever go to the Pirate Bay, you know they do uh, promote things on their site, but they never promote copyrighted material. If you go there, you'll see occasionally there'll be a band that they've selected uh, to put on their front page some you know indie band that's trying to get more exposure and they're the band is you know kind of teaming up with the pirate bay to uh, to do this so they'll promote different products that are on their site different uh, features but they're never promoting you know uh, the hunger games or some you know whatever the hottest new movie is that's uh, that's out at any given moment so they are promoting things on their site, but nothing ever copyrighted. So the disturbing part about this is that if they can do it to the Pirate Bay founders, there's no reason why they can't do it to the rest of us. So, for instance, uh, if the Pirate Bay is just a directory, it's just a classifieds or a Craigslist or it's just something where people can submit whatever they want, and you can... If you make your own torrent, like I did with uh, Derek J's victimless crime spree, a Lo- long time ago, we used to do torrents of the Free Talk Live archives yeah. uh, before we had really good hosting services like uh, like SoundCloud. But uh, you know, so I've made torrents before, and they've always been legal torrents. They've always been torrents with non copyrighted content in them, and I've listed them on the Pirate Bay. So therefore, the Pirate Bay is open to anyone. Anyone can post, and there are some disturbing laws that we've talked about previously that make it basically the webmaster's responsibility or the website owner's responsibility what content appears from user submissions basically there are there are laws that criminalize Web 2.0. And Web 2.0 is the idea that uh, the user generates content for the the website. And, of course, Free Talk Live is is based around that. Our site is all about user-generated content. You go, you can submit things to the site. Other users can vote on it. You get to vote on things. The most voted up, make it to the front page and the top of the website. There's nothing at all stopping anybody from submitting something to our website that's, you know, go here to download the Hunger Games. And then if, you know, enough people were to vote up on that, It would pop up on the front page of our website. And we would not necessarily have any idea that had happened until one of us happened to look down the website at some point during the day as we're doing some show prep and see that come up there. And since I believe in freedom of speech and, uh, you know, of course we have rules on our site. You can't just spam things. You can't just, you know, uh, maybe I would take it
2: down. Maybe I wouldn't. But we also have a BBS, a message forum where you can uh, write things. And we don't go in there very often. Even less often. Far less often. And if you put you could put some kind of link to something on our BBS that we're not making any money off Mm-mm. of, that we're responsible to... I mean, this is what the they're government supposed does. supposed
1: to police it for them. Right. That's they're expecting to to be the police.
2: The government says to uh, convenience stores, we'll give you a license to sell liquor, but you're going to have to card everybody who comes in. Well, now they're saying, we'll give you a license to to have a website, but you're going to have to make sure that everything that everybody posts that, uh, on there is, is, is legal. No, I, I don't need your license. The internet is free. And who who are you to tell me that it's okay for me to write stuff on the internet?
0: Well, it's it's absolutely ridiculous, and of course, the larger a website becomes, the more difficult it becomes to police it. I mean, between all of my websites, I've got, you know, Free Talk Live, Free Keen, I've got the Shire Society, I've got a bunch of different sites, lrn.fm. Not all of them allow commenting in every uh, area, but Free Keen and Free Talk Live certainly do. Uh, they're very user-generated content uh, sites, and there are forums attached to the both of them, and there there is no human way that i could possibly keep up with all of it and still feed myself uh at the same time like i would not be able to do that it's, no
1: yeah well it's it's what it's what this is possibly doing is leading to a barrier to entry for small time web producers and and making it such that you have to be one of the big players who can afford right. to police the massive content coming in something like a youtube or, or a facebook yeah. or a google uh, to to be able to be a, a producer of web content or to allow people to to introduce web content.
0: And, you know, they're not targeting the little guys yet. They're not targeting Free Talk a lot. We're not big. No, we're not nowhere. We're nowhere near the Pirate Bay in uh, in popularity. So, you know, we're not really on the radar at this point. But if they can do it to the Pirate Bay guys, they can do it To the next website. And there's no reason why that next website couldn't be your site if they decided for whatever reason that you're politically unpopular and they want to target you for something. Oh, somebody posted a link to a a copyrighted work here in your forum. You guys are under arrest. And you're promoting uh, the uh, illegal... Distribution of copyrighted files. When, what they're really
1: upset about is that you're promoting, say, cop block or something yeah. that they're upset about, and they've got a, a weapon to use against you now. And yeah. how would you know what's copyrighted and what's not?
2: Another good question. I mean, you know, they, somebody puts some obscure link to some you know obscure song from mm-hmm. back in the 80s that's still copyrighted as a result, and I'm supposed to know what's copyrighted and what's not? Yeah, I mean, exactly. I, or, or somebody puts, a, in, in our case, it's more less likely they put a song, but more likely they'd put I mean, As a matter of fact, they do put songs. There's a, there's a user on the BBS I know that's always putting YouTube videos up there of, mm. of songs. I don't know whether those things are properly being, people are being paid or not. I mean, they're being hosted on YouTube. I don't see why it's my responsibility, but that's I'm, just I'm sure that some government, I know that some government can come along and do that kind of thing because that's the kind of thing they do.
0: Now, while the other three Pirate Bay folks appealed, according to VentureBeat.com, and saw their prison time reduced but their fines increased, Svartholm did not appeal. His window of time to appeal ran out in October of 2011, and he was supposed to show up in Sweden in January of this year to start serving his year behind bars. Since failing to do so, he has been wanted internationally. 2006 raid 2009 trial and other events caused a storm of online activity much of it retaliatory de- uh, denial of service attacks and protests in support of the pirate bay team while it remains the target of legal action the pirate bay remains up and running and recently issued a statement reading we're staying put where we are we are going nowhere but we have a message to hollywood the investigators and the prosecutors colon, lol lol <laughs> 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 They're in it for the lulz. Yep. 855-450-FREE. The SACL CAI told Freeline. Related story coming up. Dale's going to share with us about a movie called Fathead that apparently has been having some distribution issues and the creator of the film is upset and he's lashing out at the only people he can people who are fans of his film. (laughs) 855-450-FREE. The SACL CAI toll-free line. Hour two's next live Labor Day edition of Free Talk Live.
2: If you've listened to Free Talk Live for any length of time, you're familiar with Bradley Jardis. Brad is the former police officer that now
0: embraces the ideas of liberty, and now he's running for sheriff of Coas County in New Hampshire. Sheriff is a very important position from which a liberty-oriented individual can protect many rights of the populace. Any U.S. citizen can donate to his campaign
2: up to $1,000. He's hoping to raise as much money as possible for his campaign, and his chances are quite good. He's running in Coas County, and Ron Paul actually carried Coas.
0: I hope you'll trust me when I say that we know a few other good reasons that we believe Brad can
2: win. Come on, join Ian and me in donating to Brad's campaign and getting a liberty-loving individual in this very important seat.
0: If Brad gets this seat, it'll be the biggest win for the liberty movement in New Hampshire and maybe anywhere. Give what you can at bradforsheriff.com. Bradforsheriff.com.
2: This was paid for by friends of Bradley Jardis. Bradley Jardis, fiscal agent.
0: This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up what you want toll-free here on this live Labor Day Edition. The number is 855 450 free That's one 855 Four five zero three seven three three, 3733 and you can join us on our website over at freetalklive.com. Do head over there, enjoy the features that are waiting for you. Uh, we give them away because that seems like the right thing to do. Uh, enjoy it over at freetalklive.com. You can actually create the content of the website as well, meaning that if you see something online that you think is interesting or perhaps useful or fun or whatever you think our listeners would enjoy, You just submit it as show prep, and then other listeners can vote, and you get to vote as well. And the most voted up of the items make it to the front page. So the first thing you want to do when you go to freetalklive.com is click on the Upcoming Stories link, and that'll take you to all the fresh content that has been uploaded to the site within the last, mm, you know, 48 hours or so. And then you can vote on that stuff. And then, again, the most voted up, make it to the front. So we might uh, might just see it and talk about it on the radio here, 855 free. Or, of course, you can call in and bring up anything you want. That is the point of the program. You can take control of the airwaves. We've been talking about intellectual property, and what started the discussion was that the uh, founder, one of the founders of the Pirate Bay, has been discovered hiding out in Cambodia. He's being likely extradited to Sweden, where he is expected to spend at least a year in prison. Uh, for the dastardly
2: crime of um, running a website, putting up a website <laughs> where people chose to share files, yeah, some of those files have been copyrighted it 's
0: pretty disturbing what 's happening to this guy, and I, as you pointed out, Dale, they definitely want to make an example out of him, but
1: maybe you picked a bad name for his website, the Pirate Bank. <laughs>
0: Well, uh, you know, either way, there have been plenty of sites that have been shut down over, uh, over the years. The Pirate Bay has been the most resilient of them, and so it's, it's not a surprise that they would target them. They always – the government guys love to target the people they perceive of as leaders – uh, to, you know, to set, uh, set send those examples so as to supposedly dissuade people from sharing music and movies online, which of course, this is not going to stop people from sharing music and movies online. They could put him to death and it would not stop people from sharing movies and music online. So they're never going to be able to stop this. Um, it's tragic, and it's a shame that this guy is going to have to spend 12 months in, in prison. And I hope that we can see these these things change sooner rather than later. But knowing how politics is and knowing how slow governments tend to respond to what people really want, and of course people really want things to be free and available to them so they can assess whether they're valuable prior to paying for them, because I think that's really part of the uh, the attraction of File sharing on the internet is that you get to see a product before you pay for it. And that I, way, I've
1: had many cases where I ended up buying a product that I got a chance to see for free first. And I'm like, yep. wow, I want to watch this all the time and I want to watch it in high quality. I'm willing to pay for it. Uh, something like Scott Pilgrim, I love that movie. I ended up buying like a Blu ray version of that movie. And
0: after downloading it?
1: I, well no i i can't I, I can't remember how I saw it the first time but I got it i i don't think I downloaded it but I, I saw it and, and and it was one of those things that's like i want a good copy of this movie that I can watch all the time and end mm-hmm. up paying for it
0: I've have done the same thing. I've uh, absolutely played uh, you know games and videos and things like that that I've gotten through file sharing services, and I have purchased them because I know that if I don't, they might not make them more. You know, they might not make more of them.
2: I'm not that interested in file sharing services. I you know it's it's kind of a technical thing to be able to use these, or at least that's the perception that mm-hmm. I have. But I've gotten free things on the internet and said I like this, and I've paid for more. Yeah. And uh, this is the model of so many. Like for instance, the Facebook games out there, the Farmville and the Mafia Wars and all these things. Dale used to play Mafia Wars. You'd know <laughs> yeah. this. You can play the game for free, but there's these bonuses within the game that you can pay for if you uh you know if you wanna I don't know, have a better gaming experience in whatever way. Mm. So the freemium model, it totally works. And it's, and a it's way- just
1: one of a lot of different kinds of models that are alternatives for this. You must pay for it or we come after you with violence.
2: And, and that's <laughs> the point is, is that, you know, what? Why should I, as a United States tax paying citizen, pay to have the government go chasing after people who are, you know, b- b- sharing b- Videos or uh, songs or whatever. What's that cost? I don't want to pay for that. Look, if it's your property, you pay to secure it. Because the the internet is just that way these days. And I'm sorry, I don't want my – my government has a lot more problems than chasing around people that have downloaded a song that's worth 99 cents on iTunes. And then <laughs> charging them six hundred thousand dollars when they get to court. Right, well, it's absolutely insanity.
0: Yeah, how many of your fans are you willing to put in a jail cell to make an extra buck? I mean, because really, that's all, that's what we're talking about here. The suggestion is that if it weren't for these file sharing services, that these companies would be making so much more money. They always claim that <laughs> we've lost billions of dollars this year to those evil pirates on the internet, even though there's no evidence whatsoever that the people who or file sharing those uh, movies or music or games or whatever, would have actually purchased a ticket. There's right. no evidence and whatsoever. And not only
1: that, but they, they what's really hard to calculate is how much free promotion did they get from the buzz from the of, file sharing? of that being shared yeah. for free. right? And, so, that's, and I happen to believe that that's, uh, that that's excellent promotion for your product.
0: Exactly. So you, the other thing you can't calculate is how much money you actually did make because of, uh, because of file sharing, because of people going and purchasing a product after the fact they've seen it online. You can't calculate any of those things.
1: So, so this fat the the fat head producer. Uh, by the way, my it's heart goes out film. to him. This is a documentary that talks about uh, dieting and sort of the a lot of uh, mis- mistakes that people are have about food and based on uh, a lot of um, information being passed down from uh, up above. And there's a lot of libertarian themes to this movie. And mm-hmm. in fact, I think the producer of the movie seems pretty libertarian leaning to me. I think I may have seen him on on reason or something like that and uh it's a great movie i watched it several times and i've 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 actually encouraged other people to watch it it was available on netflix for a while it was on it's on hulu i believe and but he is basically he's got a blog it's at fathead-movie.com and on his blog he says to the youtube thieves that's the name of this and he he complains to the people who have been uploading his movie to YouTube, and so that people can just watch it for free, and mm-hmm. uh, so that people I'll, can watch it. Yeah, I mean,
2: you know, <laughs> I mean, obviously, every every author would love to get a bunch of money for what they do, but. You know, to some extent, the creation of a, an intellectual piece, whether it's a book, a movie, or a uh, song, these days is just the beginning of the path. Yeah. Because you have to market that thing. And, and you know, you know, I mean, it's just, it's not that easy.
1: Well, and, and the first thing I'll say is he's got a donate button on his site, and I'm going to make a donation to him. Because I thought his movie was great, and I my heart really does go a lot to him. He got screwed over in a lot of ways. It's just funny. Uh, what's funny reading this is how misdirected his anger seems to be. Because part of when he's, he's basically giving... Giving his plight out to people. He's like, this is what happened to me, and it's and it's a heart wrenching story. He used a lot of his own money. Uh, bar- I think he borrowed money and so forth, and, and made this movie happen on on a fairly small budget. Did a really good job with it. Lots of people seem to like it, and he got screwed over by distributors who totally he signed contracts with and so forth. Uh, and this is something that's rampant in Hollywood. Distributors, you know, basically make some agreement about profit sharing or something like that. And then what they do is they, they claim a loss and say, well, we didn't actually make any money, even though they're, they're probably sold him on something like, well, it costs $4 to or $2 to produce each DVD. We're going to sell them for $10. we will have this much profit and we'll share this much of it with you and so on and so forth. But, you know, the fine print and yeah. so forth. Well, they just pencil whip you. Yeah. If I, I, don't, I don't know this business, but I wouldn't doubt for a second that that's the case. I mean, I could... If If you don't have good lawyers uh, for this process, they will almost certainly screw you over. I don't know for sure that's this guy's case, but but that's my impression. But in any case, he's like complaining to people who have uploaded his movie to YouTube when meanwhile lots of people bought his movie and the distributors never sent him a check. Mm. But that was all – this was all Mm. contractual stuff. And this is not, uh, you know, the people who screwed him over are not the people who upload his movie to YouTube, Yeah, at least not directly.
2: It's really unfortunate when you're in a, a business where it is beneficial for people to screw you as opposed to a business where it's not. You know, with Free Talk Live... My customers are, you know, our customers. One of our sets of customers are the advertisers. Mm-hmm. I mean, I could screw an advertiser on their first ad run and get take all their money and produce very little for them if that's what I wanted to do. But I want them to come back and come back and come back. Whereas in this case with this guy, you know, you know, the, these people putting out this movie are like, well, this is going to be a great movie. We're going to make some money on it, and we don't care if this. There's always another chump coming around with uh, with, with another movie.
1: movie. Yeah, yeah, or may, and maybe they made some call like, well, we don't really expect him to keep cranking out movies, so it's okay if we screw him over this time we don't you know i don't know yeah what are they
2: gonna do they, they
1: did screw him over and i feel bad for him it just it's just funny how his anger seems so misdirected as to who's actually causing his problem do you
0: have uh, the you know the wording of what he said on his website like, yes should we share that
1: if you like yes. I, I
0: mean i'm interested in you know what it is that he's saying to uh, to people 855 free that's the SACL CAI toll free line one 450 3733 you take control this is free talk live This is Free Talk Live. We're here live. It is Labor Day. You can bring up anything you want. As always, 855-450-FREE. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. And Dale. And Mark. Dale is here courtesy of his radio program, which is Flaming Freedom. You can go to flamingfreedom.com. And you can hear a lot more of Dale and his uh, co-hosts since uh, they've got an interesting crew over at FlamingFreedom.com. 855-450-FREE. For those that don't know, it is a uh, LGBT-oriented, liberty-related show. That's probably not how you describe it.
1: I, I, I talk about LGBT issues from a liberty perspective.
0: But it's not all LGBT.
1: No, we've ventured, We've been venturing off quite a bit lately. I, uh, I It's one of those things, too. Callers can call in. And 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 I'm not going to quench whatever they have to say just because it's not necessarily directly LGBT related. A lot of stuff indirectly goes back to that. Or we start off on an LGBT subject and it branches off. It happens. That's I enjoy fine. the
0: show. Whenever <laughs> I hear it, I, I always enjoy it. And uh, 855-450-FREE is the number here tonight. It allows you to get in touch with us. We're going to go right to the phone calls
2: here in a moment. Bitcoins. Uh, they are the world's first digital peer-to-peer open source currency. You can send and receive money with Bitcoins without having to pay any fees to any banking organizations. You can um, get your Bitcoins, uh, you know, you can get them through bitinstant.com. But uh, what I really wanted to say about them was that, you know, they're going to change the economics of the world, in my opinion. I think that they're the next biggest invention since the Internet. And that's a heck of a statement. If we can see how different the world is today than when it was in I don't know but you pick your year 1993 I mean it's not that the internet wasn't around then but it certainly wasn't the thing that it is today uh, and bitcoins are going I believe they're going to be that way and you can get on the ground floor of this uh, you know groundbreaking idea this new step and I'd say era. we're on
0: the first floor by na- by now yep. but it's close to the ground floor
2: you can get in or you can sit you can you know scoff and say I don't have enough money or whatever there was a time when bitcoins were under a dollar a piece now they're over 10 yeah um, bitcoins bit, bitinstant.com makes it easy for you to get bitcoins and you can put in you can get one bitcoin you know for 10 bucks you can get you know whatever you want to do whatever you can afford but i do recommend you get some bitcoins because i think that they're going to be worth more in the future anyway bitcoins uh they're a great invention you go to we find out more, uh, more about them and if you need optical transceivers for your networking equipment want to support a liberty business at the um, same time buy them from memorydealers.com they take bitcoins it's memorydealers.com let's go to the phones
0: and to the fun we've got taryn on the line listening in savannah in georgia hey taryn you're on free talk live
4: hey guys thanks for having me on um I've got two cents I want to throw in on this because I publish without copyright, and um it hasn't it's scary in the beginning because you know you put all this work in and you you put it out, and a lot of other authors I talk to just don't understand it mm. but after a while, I talk to him, and I'm like, "Who are you kidding? You know you cannot stop." Uh, people taking it and using it and passing it around and so you might as well use it as marketing leverage if nothing else it's genius marketing because um i'm never going to sell an ebook to these people that are going to search for you know hours on the internet to find a a copy they don't have to pay for i'm never going to sell a book to them but what i can do is if make it easy for them to find and if they like my book and they'll talk it up, and it, it creates a lot of good uh, press for people who will buy it. Yeah, and a, in a lot of cases,
2: a, a lot of a lot, a lot of authors should be so lucky as to have somebody uh, swiping their, their work. I mean, because, you know, when it comes down to it, first you have to write a good book. And you don't know whether that's the case. That needs to be the buzz around it. People need to find out about it. And this is one way for buzz to be created.
4: Right. I mean, basically, it's gotten to the point where everyone and their mothers started Publishing and self-publishing, putting stuff out. If you want, you can go on and get thousands of free books a year just signing up for one of those Kindle sites. Mm-hmm. But you know what? You're gonna uh, you're gonna get a lot of junk out there, and a lot of it's terrible. <laughs> so, sure. You know, it might be free, but it's right no when the bar to publication
0: is lowered for everybody, you're gonna get a bunch of uh, garbage.
4: Right, and so I think it's important to get vetted. You know, you got to take your lumps. It takes a good year to build up enough talk where people are like, "This book's great." If you really make a good book, people will sell it, and you got to look at it as as the greatest marketing tool ever. I wish people, uh, you know, hundred thousand people would take my book and read it, you know, because they will talk to people like me. I am way too lazy to go do that. I'm not going to go tour someone's book. I'm going to go to Amazon, spend five bucks, and buy a book. For three bucks, or yeah. If, if there's a and some, it appears right on my Kindle. You know, I like the convenience. I pay for the convenience.
1: Yeah, Kindle books are so overpriced. By the way, we what, were just talking the, about that recently. The, but, you know, this is the, uh, the question I,
2: like
4: I want: is what
2: What are the good prices? What's the the right that sweet um, zone for I books? I think.
4: All right. Here's why the the um, here's what's going on in the publishing world. The traditional publishing have so many people with hands in the pie that they cannot compete with a guy like me who is. Directly putting it out, so mm-hmm. I can sell a book for ninety nine cents and still make thirty cents profit. You know it doesn't sound like a lot, but imagine that a hundred thousand times you know it, it it adds up. I can sell books for most of my books are around three bucks to my highest one, seven bucks now i I keep a good significant portion of that about two thirds with a traditional publisher they have to jack their prices up. If you go, um, you know, look at whatever, I don't know, I'm just going to pull a name out, like the Hunger Games, you know, they have to still sell their e-book for just a little less than their paperback. Right. It's still, you know, $14 for an e-book, which is outrageous to me. Yep. And yeah. so they have to justify, well, how come, you know, Terrence over here selling his book for a buck and you're selling it for 14 Why is this book 14 times better than, than my book? You know, and, and I think, in a way that um the publishing world's in a lot of trouble do because... you think taryn
0: do you think that the reason why they're selling those books at 14 let's say that you know let's say the uh, the hardcover is you know 15 or 16 bucks and they're selling the uh the ebook for 14 do you feel like the reason why they're selling it at that high price is because they have so much overhead or because they still it, want to it, promote it, people to go and get the the, the physical copy
4: well, no, they can do it. They actually make way more on eBooks. They would love to get rid of paper. I think they're doing it because
1: oh, they, they can. Could. People, people actually like eBooks, and they're just willing. They just they're selling it at what they feel people are willing to pay I for see. it. Without, but I I think they might be failing to acknowledge how many more people would buy it at a more reasonable price.
4: And and they would and they will. I mean, they have to wait a year or two, and then they they, they drop it down to five or six bucks. But mm-hmm. what happens is you have a chain of people, an agent, a publicist you know, um, all the advertising budget has to be re-done. And, and you have this huge chain of people that get the money. And so the author's still only making like a buck on a $15 book or two, where I might sell my book for six bucks, but you know what? I'm keeping four or five bucks. Mm. So I'm, I'm out. I only have to sell half as much as they do to make just as much money.
1: By, by the and, way, uh, the... When, uh... when you take... Oh, go I thought you were close. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was
4: just going to say, when you take the middleman out... Everybody wins. I mean, yeah, for you know, sure. Except the middleman. Except
0: the middleman. Yeah, they can find new work.
1: <laughs> I, I saw. I saw some information online. A friend of mine in my writers group found it and pointed out they had done some research and statistically, two ninety nine is it seems to be a sweet spot for e yeah. books. Uh, like yeah, if it's less than that, people think it's be, below that. People might think they're getting something crappy. It's, it's people's yeah. perception of how valuable something is some is somewhat affected. And by it's the not price. hard
0: to drop two ninety nine on something, you right? Know, most people have now, that you, uh, disposable.
4: Two ninety nine is is that magic number where it's it's convenient enough to buy the book and you're not out. If you go up to six seven bucks, it's more expensive. But um, my biggest thing is a trilogy, so I'm lumping three books in for you know six ninety five. So, I see. That's a that's kind of a different deal. Where if you bought them a piece, you know each piece of the trilogy is only two two ninety nine. Taryn, so,
0: thanks for sharing your experience, yeah. and as uh, as somebody who's breaking new ground in the world What's of selling books online, appreciate hearing from you tonight. That's Taryn uh, Lupo, and the author of Pirates of Savannah. What's your website? Quick, uh, lupo LupoLit.com. Lupolit.com. We'll see you uh, see you here in a moment. It's free talk live. More coming up.
2: This
0: is Free Talk Live. It's the live Labor Day edition of the program, and we'll take your calls about anything you want. 855-450-FREE is the SACL-CAI toll-free line. Join us on our website over at freetalklive.com. You can enjoy the features we give to you, and a lot of those features, uh, we give them away. That's the way the site is, that's the way it's always been, and that's the way it will always be. Uh, But you can go and enjoy stuff like our archives That go all the way back to late 2006. All you have to do is click and download. You don't have to jump through any hoops. There's no mandatory commercial you have to watch before you can download or anything like that. You don't even have to log in to download. You can just go and click and get them over at freetalklive.com and then share them uh, on your favorite social networking site so other people can hear
2: what you think is good. So we can chase you down and sue you. <laughs> yeah, no, we don't do that stuff.
0: Like, uh, there's this recent story in uh, in our industry about uh, somebody in the radio business who runs a talk network who is suing other. talk talk content providers out there over some kind of monopoly claims, which on the face of this lawsuit seems pretty ridiculous. I don't know.
2: uh, I mean, the guy that's doing it, Mark Masters from, uh, what is it, TRN? The talk radio network, 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 the network that syndicates Michael Savage and those people. He's done some really groundbreaking stuff, and I really like the guy. Um, I I find him likable as well,
0: and uh, I I respect the work that he's put into his business. I'm not going to claim
2: to know what's going on inside of uh, this area. I mean, I tend to shy away from the idea— of a, you know, basically a monopoly kind of, you know, claiming that some industry has a monopoly, but the radio industry is really consolidated. And one of the reasons is, is because, well, the government gives out licenses to radio stations and there's not a lot of competition in the marketplace. So basically this is a complaint about how the limiting of the competition is limited as opposed to advocating for free market forces i mean there's the there is no free market in radio that's true
0: and i understand where you're coming from but i still think that uh for me at least my response to that that whole situation was i'd rather be doing my show than be suing somebody i i bet he know? would
2: too let's hope he would he doesn't do a show but he runs he runs the network. network let's hope he. But yeah did.
0: i'd rather be doing uh radio than spending time in a courtroom i'm going to assume trying he knows to more extract about the situation money out of somebody Eight uh, five five four fifty free. That's the SACL Cai toll free line. Uh, so I've
2: worked with the company that he's suing. We have, free talk live currently is working with the company that that he's suing, and I get some of the complaints that he has
0: because they're big and monopolistic yeah, just and bureaucratic.
2: Treat you like, treat you like crap. Yeah.
0: Well, you know, I get it too, and it is it is an industry with a lot of consolidation, and that does have a lot to do with the FCC's existence. I mean, if we didn't I mean, – Taron Lupo a moment ago was calling, and he was listening to a, uh, a non an unlicensed radio station in the Savannah, Georgia area that's been on the air for years. So, uh, you know, if we actually had an open market in radio, there would be, I think, a lot fresher content on the air uh, being generated by people that really are excited about the medium of uh, of radio rather than a bunch of – Stuffy old codgers running, uh, you know, the handful of uh, radio conglomerates out there. So I think the FCC really is to blame for the. If there's a dismal state of radio, it's because of the FCC. Eight uh, five five four fifty free is the SACL Cai toll free line. Now, Dale, we had talked about Fathead. Uh, which is a documentary film that you highly uh, have recommended here tonight, and it sounds like it would be entertaining. It's kind of a spoof on Super Size Me, or he's countering uh, sort of Super Size Me. The guy went on a fast food diet and actually lost weight.
1: Yes, it was a great spoof of Super Size Me and uh, poked a lot of holes in it and, and very factual, lots of great scientific information. It actually kicked off... My complete change of diet and how I ate that had radical benefits for me. I'm intending to donate to this guy. I actually, I do feel for him. I might disagree with him philosophically on his views. The idea he, uh, his, he, he feels that people are stealing from him. He says, "You're stealing from me." Period. If you're uploading my film to YouTube, and he's and- got
0: a, a blog post where he's going off on basically his fans. Uh, and you yeah. said that, that at one point you thought he was kind of a liberty of a liberty mindset maybe at least in I still ways. do
1: think so but not just, everybody a lot else. of libertarians are not quite there on this subject right
0: yeah the, the, the intellectual property there is a real debate that goes on within liberty circles about this particular issue so can you share some of uh, the excerpts or, or the, sure. uh, the entirety or whatever Sure.
1: basically he just found out that once again his video had been uploaded to YouTube and right. to his credit he doesn't go sue these people he just go contacts YouTube says please take this Wants off to take it down, yeah. and they come and and they're pretty good about doing that. And he says this happened like a dozen times. Recently, there was one he found out it had been on there since May and he was just alerted about it. And he was saying, if anyone reading this has uploaded Fathead or is considering it, let me point out a couple of things. First off, it isn't your film. It's mine. Uploading it so others can watch it for free is stealing my work, period. Obviously, I disagree with that. I realize some of the younger folks out there have grown up believing it's somehow okay to share every, anything digital with a few thousand of your closest friends, but it isn't. It's theft, pure, and simple. Now this is the mindset that a lot of people have, and yeah, I think we've been discussing it. Like Except why
0: it's not, uh, and the reason why it's not is because when you share something digital, it's not stealing. In that the person who has the original copy is not deprived of it. So if I take something, if I take your laptop from you, Mark, I have stolen your laptop. But if I were to somehow have some magical uh, program that enables you know enables me to duplicate some replicator, some Star Trek style uh, you know technology that I can put the laptop in there and it comes out another laptop and then you get to have your laptop back. Nothing has been stolen from you, right? And, and that's ultimately a, what's happening on my There's no way to
2: use real-world terms like "steal" when you're talking about intellectual property. I'd also like to point out the Star Spangled Banner, the national anthem, is an old British drinking song. Yeah, um, and it was also, totally stolen. <laughs> and well, in America, the beautiful, so, which is "God Save the Queen." Right. Uh, I mean, you know, these the it, it, this was a common practice a hundred years ago was mm. to use tunes from different songs and just put different
1: words on them. But if you and, and there's no doubt, and there's no doubt that the process of creation the process of advancement is standing on the shoulders of giants Absolutely. before you and this is how we advance and progress as a, as a as a race as a as a as the human race
2: you know yep. when, when you, there's no way to 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 describe this, but when you use the value of the internet this way of distributing things and then complain about the aspects of that distribution c- mm. center you're really you're, you're, it's like screaming at the sky you can't have it both ways yeah. you know shaking your fist at God if right. I go out there and, I, and you know I take a basket full of hundred dollar bills and I'm throwing them over my head on the street, and then I complain that people don't pick up those hundred dollar bills and hand them back to me <laughs> who whose fault is this yeah
1: for sure, it's it like yeah, it's like complaining about the weather. It's it's an act of nature at this right. point. It's such a massive force that to 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 try and fight it like this is a, is a little futile, regardless of what you think about it from a moral perspective. I'm almost reluctant to share some of his stronger language that he's directing at his fans, but because mm. I because I like the guy, but I'm gonna I'll, I'll do it. He wrote he, it. He says the latest bozo to upload the film even uh, or film even for even put for educational purposes only in the description as opposed to what bozo commercial purposes nah you wouldn't want anyone to use my work for commercial purposes that would be stealing idiot oh <laughs> um, he's frustrated yeah yeah and he and he says despite what people believe i did not receive funding from mcdonald's or anyone else uh, I think that's pretty obvious from the film. I mean, from watching it, you can tell it's a it's a low budget film. Mm-hmm. It's it's not a, a high budget production. It, in fact, that's what was impressive about it was I could tell this guy did this uh, with very little, and it was a very compelling film. And I watched it several times. I've con- encouraged other people to watch it. I watched it in a valid way, by the way. I watched it on Netflix. It was contracted for that, and I pay for Netflix. So for to in my defense. <laughs> He says I worked long hours as a programmer and financed the film myself. I believe he he spent a hundred thousand more than a hundred thousand on it, and uh, he says a good chunk was borrowed. He he carried the debt with interest for two years. Uh, he's got a he's got a painful story to tell, and I, my heart goes out to him. Indeed. It really does. I understand him being frustrated, and I understand that he feels that it's stealing. Sincerely feels that I don't, and and I and so I can understand why he's upset. I disagree with him about that. Um, I don't, I even disagree in terms of that it's a bad thing, that it's even a bad thing uh, in terms of his self-interest because, again, I think the more people see the film, the better. And, uh, and again, I'm intending to donate and I think a lot of people who who benefited from the film would be willing to donate if they hear how, how he was screwed by his distributors and things you, like that. A lot, of, Even the people who bought the film, that money didn't go to him. People who went to Amazon and bought it, he didn't get I would get hope it. So, more so that this would change
2: the distribution system for movies, that people would learn from this um, because I, I've heard you know, filmmakers complain about this very aspect.
0: You know, uh, there's more to his letter and we can share some more of that here in a moment, but I'm curious, what is the Netflix model? I mean, like you said, you give to Netflix a certain number of dollars every month, 10, 15, 20 bucks a month or whatever, depending on how many movies you're getting. But do they, do they cut the producer of that film a two cent you know, I don't think so. I don't like think
1: that. it's a peer review model. I think it's a uh, we will allow to show the film for thirty days or sixty days, and then maybe it can get extended, and they maybe give them a flat fee for that.
0: More coming up here at 450 free the Seagle CAI toll free line. The successes are piling up and proving the free state project is a real movement and no longer just a great idea. When you're planning your move to New Hampshire, consider Keen. Keene is famous for its civil disobedience and non cooperation, and there's plenty of political opportunity as well. Though it's more than just activism, with regular social events each week. See what's happening at freekeen.com and get connected with video, audio, one of the busiest liberty forums in New Hampshire, and more at freekeen.com. That's freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up anything you want. Live, Labor Day edition of the program. Things are still as they normally are. It's just we're here, and it's for most people, it's a holiday. Uh, 855-450-FREE is the SACL-CAI toll-free line. That's 1-855-450-3733. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. If you like the show, you can support Free Talk Live directly. Cut out the middleman and go straight to AMP. Dot freetalklive.com. Amp stands for advertise, market, and promote. It helps us get Free Talk Live on more radio stations around the country, and you can join over at amp.freetalklive.com. That's well, I guess they're still the middleman of the credit card processor. But for the most part, <laughs> uh, you're you're dealing directly with us. Amp.freetalklive.com We've been talking about uh, intellectual property, distribution of electronic uh, means as far as uh, music, movies, things like that, software, and how some people, and it's probably more true of older generations than younger generations, some people just aren't with it when it comes to why it is that distributing things for free online is really valuable and that it can get you buzz. It can get you exposure, it can get you word of mouth, and there's nothing more, I mean, Advertising on Free Talk Live is great, but there's nothing more powerful than word of mouth. Yep. And that's why we ask you to share Free Talk Live with other uh, with your friends. So, you know, that word of mouth can get them on board with listening to the show and hopefully they'll buy some stuff from our advertisers. <laughs> word that's of mouth
2: is this, uh, is this funny kind of uh, thing where if people don't believe you have anything to gain by what you're saying, they're much more likely to believe what you have to say. Mm-hmm. And they're even more likely to believe you, by the way, if you have something to lose by talking about whatever it is. So Free Talk Live, since we're in the business of creating content that could be intellectually protected, one might wonder, why would we advocate for freedom in the area of intellectual property? Just you know, just ask because yourself because it's the right thing to do. Well, free talk live generally talks about things from a moral standpoint and what we believe to be right, you can certainly call in and talk to about um, to, to us for that purpose. You can huh. be upset because we don't believe exactly the way you believe, but you can't you know you can't throw stones at us for uh, coming up with opinions that benefit
1: ourselves. I think it's also awesome. you're putting your money where your mouth is, so to speak, too, and saying that you sincerely believe that this is the business model that can work best for you. Uh, share it. Uh, freely bit torn it if you want post up b- clips up on youtube please. i know someone's doing that recently in i fact. would love to yeah. someone's making youtube videos of the show and and everyone's like yeah go it. for it please i, I would and, love to get as many downloads as we get a free talk
2: lives uh, podcast and be able to sell each one of those downloads for a hundred dollars a piece that's what <laughs> i as a business owner uh, yeah. want but it's unrealistic in the marketplace yeah what would free talk lives downloads be worth at a hundred dollars a piece not very many of them would be sold i would s- yeah. i would uh, venture to say that i could count them on my one hand if at all and I'd wonder who
0: the hell would do something like that. (laughs) Right?
2: You need your head examined. Um, But I mean, this is what it comes down to: is people that are producing their content often don't know what it's what it's worth. I mean, you know, it's worth different things to different people, Hmm. and this is why the freemium model, where we allow and and other people do the same thing, where you you allow support for people who you know uh, who care about your work. They call it the what thousand fans model. Yeah. Go ahead.
0: I was going to say I don't know if freemium will ever get somebody filthy rich. No, I don't think it will. Uh, You know, I don't think that's ever going to be the case, because you know you shouldn't be able to you know make billions of dollars off of one work that comes up you should probably have to keep putting stuff out and keep your fans and you know keep putting value into the marketplace to keep getting value uh, out of the marketplace for yourself i mean the, i'm not the saying the giant
1: players have been making like have been getting filthy rich because they've enjoyed a monopoly and because right. they have a court system that's at their uh, disposal they have the resources they can have entire departments that just fight legal battles and go after people if they don't pay $25 yeah. for the dvd and so forth Right. But so I think we're moving system- to a model where everybody can produce and everybody can get their content seen by people and maybe make a decent living on it but yep. there's a lot more content and a lot more choices.
0: Yep, it's that old system that uh, that has in, you know, kind of enshrined these old media producers in a in a very comfortable position where they have they've got the uh, the name recognition that uh, they've had for many many decades and so they get to kind of continue their business model built on that and that's you know good for them uh they've got the you know the name recognition they've got the long track record of uh, putting out uh, relatively decent products although a lot of movies suck and usually it's only a handful that are really decent uh but they're that's what they're remembered for Uh, You don't remember the stinkers. And uh, so, you know, you've got these old established businesses with their old established business model. And damn it, they are going to fight tooth and nail to keep things the way they are because it is ensuring them – undo profits. Profits that wouldn't be there. I'm not saying there's and nothing wrong with making profits, and the term filthy rich is wrong. I shouldn't use it at all. There's nothing wrong with, with making but I think money. It, it describes it is filthy very
2: wealthy rich. That,
1: it does. Yeah. It, I think it's an accurate term if the way they made their money is through, through a violent dealings. business model. That's a good point. <laughs> uh, and it is. It's not that they have a lot of money. That by itself, if you honestly earn the money, is not filthy. But if right. you earn the money by threatening people and keeping other people from competing with you through violence... But then, if
0: it had always yeah. been the way it is now... And it hasn't. But if it had always been the way of where anyone could enter a marketplace, where anybody can publish a book, where anybody with a few thousand bucks can make their own, uh, their own feature-length film, where anybody can enter into these marketplaces and compete, then it would be very difficult to rise up and make billions of dollars. It would be very difficult to find that level of an audience for that kind of a product because you wouldn't have the restricted market. You
2: would have a completely unrestricted market as you do now. Right. You know, when it comes to restaurants, uh, they, they don't sing the happy, birth, happy birthday to you <laughs> song. Right. Because, as I understand it, now, th- this may be urban myth, but as I understand it, that song is copyright. It's not that's an true. urban
1: myth. And, no, it's true.
2: And, and so, you know, you really have to ask yourself – what? How much is the person who's holding the copyright or the heirs of the person who had the copyright, how much are those people making because daddy or granddaddy or great-great-great-granddaddy or grandma – I don't know who created the, the Happy Old Birthday song – uh, how much is because they created this song? Really? I mean, should people that are three – generations removed from the creator of a song should they be able to sort of not produce and not make anything of value i mean if you've ever seen a if you ever ever known a human who didn't produce and didn't rely on uh you know how they uh, how they were in the world for having money they're usually really crappy humans i mean this is a way to drive western civilization into the dirt so I, you know i'm i, I do not think i'm overstating the case
1: yeah and, and you were saying earlier how d- different things have different values to different people and I've also seen a model where people try to guilt people into donating for their for their product they might do it for put it out for free but then they guilt trip you if you don't donate say x amount for mm-hmm. it and I look at stuff like that and I I had someone do that recently and and for the as a courtesy I did not listen to certain content because they were demanding – they had a certain price in mind, and I wasn't willing to pay that for that content. And so I, as a courtesy, uh, did not listen to that content. Because uh, and, then the, and then my thought about that is if anyone comes to me and says, hey, did you listen to uh, so-and-so's uh, works? I All I can say is I di- was not interested enough to to pay what they wanted me to pay for it. I can't give them my opinion on it and say, oh, yeah, I listened, and I thought it was really good for X, Y, and Z reasons. And that, I think, hurts the producer. Yeah.
0: Let's go to the phones here. Michael is on the line. Michael Dean, who is a a film distributor and director. Uh, He's the guy behind Guns and Weed. Punk rock band bassist, I believe. Hey, Michael.
3: (laughs) Yeah. Hey, y'all. He's also a perv. (laughs) uh, As we're speaking, I'm actually working on bootlegging Derek J's movie. So uh, you guys can send your lawyers to me.
1: (laughs)
0: Really? In what way are you going to bootleg it?
3: Well, I'm actually um, working with a white hat hacker, kind of rock star level hacker guy, working on a service that will help people share their media. And um, I've decided, I can't talk about it other than to say that right now, because it's in Uber beta right now, Mm -hmm. but uh, I just added the the torrent from it into there. So it'll uh, it'll make it more drone-proof, let's put it that way.
0: Excellent. I appreciate it. Anything we can do to get Derek J's victimless crime spree out there, uh, the better. So what else did you want to share on this topic?
3: Uh, a few things. One, um, the Netflix model, I actually have two movies on Netflix, uh, one DVD only and one streaming only, and uh, they do pay per view. Uh, oh. They Well, with DVDs, they don't. They buy like 100 DVDs from you, or however many. I think they bought 100 from me or from my distributor twice. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they do it until they wear them out. I mean, people use them for beer coasters. If you've ever used Netflix, they're generally... <laughs> really scratchy and like it's so common for them to be unplayable that there's a place on their website to report when they're unplayable and get a replacement um and then the streaming they pay you you know cents each time it's uh streamed i think it's a really good model i mean there's a lot of copyright involved in it but you know it's basically you're paying for the the uh ease of getting movies on demand and i love it i mean it's like 16 bucks a month or something and i watch you know, 10 movies a day sometimes on there. It's definitely worth it.
1: I've I've gone back to using Netflix again. I quit for a while when Mm -hmm. they doubled their prices overnight, and it seemed like a huge jump, and I sort of protested for a while. But I have come back and started using it again.
3: Yeah, even with the doubling, I feel like it was worth it. I mean, I sound like I work for Netflix, but I don't. (laughs) I just really like things that work and seem worth it. I mean, it's, you know, any other system... Hey, put it this way. It's more convenient to me than Pirate Bay.
0: <laughs> if you have more comments, we'd love to have you on. Uh, you can st- uh, stick with us uh, if you'd like. Michael Dean here, and uh, he is the guy behind Guns and Weed. Great film. More coming up here. Hour number three is on the way. You can take control of the airwaves here live. Labor Day edition of the program. one eight five five 450 I've been told no in many different ways.
4: I give you order, and you're gonna obey it. you well, can go this way. You can do that, and you have to leave here. You cannot bring Simon to the rally. Walk with me. Well, I'm, I'm, no. I'm comfortable me. here, actually. Excuse whoa, whoa, me. Hey. whoa, whoa! Hey, 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 hey! What do you think? Excuse
3: you. me. There is no video and audio allowed in this No, I have work today. This uh, is you ain't gonna make. Wait a minute. Now. Wait a minute. Hey! Oh, my God. Unbelievable. Because you you're scared of me, property, What am I being now. detained for? You'll be in surf.
4: What you
0: is this? You'll be in surf. What you'll is this? You. Bureaucrats have a funny way of telling people no. That's the sound
5: of the men working
0: on the chain. Derek J.'s Victimless Crime Spree, available now free in HD. See it now at VictimlessCrimesPree.com. This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up anything you want. Live Labor Day edition of the program, toll-free number for you, 855-450-FREE. That's one eight five five four five zero three seven three three. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. And Dale and Mark and of course you can join us on our website as well you'll enjoy the features on the site completely free at freetalklive.com we invite you there Uh, enjoy grab as many archives as you want interact on the bulletin board system create the content for the website itself by submitting show prep and voting on it you can do it all for free over at freetalklive.com and that's kind of what we've been talking about tonight not our website as much as the idea of the freemium model of uh, content distribution giving movies and music and uh, software and things like that away uh and then collecting on the uh, the back end and you know mentioning software uh the software developers of they had it right years ago uh freeware and shareware were two concepts that were around long before the internet uh, ever existed uh did you ever call bulletin board systems back in the day uh, oh Dan? yeah yeah
1: <laughs> that's how i got started with my, my one of the first things i did when i bought a computer was get on a bbs
0: that's how I became addicted to computers was uh, was BBSing as a, as a young teenager in Florida. And the uh, BBS was kind of the the prequel, if you will, to the internet. It was more of a localized version. You actually had to use uh, modems that uh, you know those things that make noises when you connect. Uh, the kids these days probably don't know what I'm talking about.
1: But I had uh, to run a, I had to run a, a phone cord from my from the jack in my mom's bedroom mm-hmm. out around the edge of the bedroom and through the hallway into my bedroom. Oh, ne- you had your own hall. bedroom that you could uh, yeah, and nice. and then I plug it into my computer in my bedroom so that I could call in um, and and uh, onto into the bbs i I think about a little splitter and all that so i could do all that
0: i had to do all my uh bbsing in the uh, the the family room where i started off with a 2400
1: baud modem
0: yep that's where i started as well but uh it was good stuff though it was like you could connect and some bbs's were one line so if you'd call and somebody was on already you'd get a busy signal and you'd have to wait till later and and then call in and get on and
1: i was on a fancy one that had two lines
0: and some of them even had more than that there was one in Sarasota called the Courts of Wisdom which is you know the best was the best one in town it actually had i think 3 lines and there were terminals at the guy's house and he would always have like these BBS parties or whatever so people would be at his house at all times of the day and the, and the night, sitting on computers, chatting on this BBS. So he had like three or four or five lines, and then there was like five terminals. So ultimately, there was 10 uh, possible users on this uh, system. And exciting. this is
1: how geeks develop social skills. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I never got to go to one of the BBS parties because I was too young for that, and I doubt my parents would ever have allowed me to do something like that, but I heard they were quite interesting.
1: I was uh, on a, a gay B- One of my first ever was a gay BBS called The Meat Factory. Did you ever meet up with any of them? Yeah, yeah. And uh, it was called, it was M-E-E-T, yes. the meat factory. <laughs> and uh, he would, uh, about once a month, they would have like a meeting at a local restaurant or something in Atlanta. And uh, and, I ha- and I went to some of those. Actually, I met, I ended up meeting my first boyfriend How about that? Uh, at a party for one of these. I'd never actually talked to him online, but.
0: But my point was uh, that uh, these BBSs, you could uh, lay, you could you know post files, you could post messages, uh, you could even play games, and people could get on and they could interact with one another in very primitive, uh, pre-internet ways. But they had file distribution back then. I remember back when uh, Wolfenstein came out. Uh, this was you know the, the prequel to Doom, basically the, uh, the you know, 3D shooter genre, the, what they now call first-person shooters. Uh, Wolfenstein 3D came out. It was available. Through BBS distribution, it was available through shareware. So uh, they they would dis- they would distribute a version of the game that was kind of cut down. It only had you know seven of the fourteen levels or whatever, or nine of the thirty levels or something like that. But it was the full playable nine levels. And you know, here you go, have a free game. If you like it, pay uh, the nine bucks or twenty bucks or fifty bucks or whatever it cost back then, and then you get the full thing on a CD that they'll that they'll ship to you. So you know, they had this distribution model out long before. The uh, the internet even came around, and Michael W. Uh, Michael W. Dean is uh, is here with us, and he's a filmmaker who uh, is uh, somebody who I, I presume you you support the uh, the freemium model of distribution.
3: No, I'm suing all of you for even mentioning my films
0: on the air. <laughs> Were you a uh, BBSer you know, back in the day, Michael Dean? No, nah, no, nah,
3: I I got on the internet at the San Francisco Public Library using. Um, or perch or no gopher in like 91 but i didn't really come into it till i had it at home in 96 on hmm. dial up on a windows 3.1 machine
0: wow yeah right. well you know so i can't relate to you that's... on that point then
2: moving on
3: i was reading about <laughs> okay. all, i was well, reading about all this stuff in it? pc See?
2: world yeah, magazine I... so sorry michael i was giving everybody else is giving their story i was reading about all this stuff in pc world magazine in prison in jail. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead
6: in jail. Uh,
3: Well, the one thing, you know, the idea of intellectual property was like the last bastion of me giving up clinging to minarchy before going to full-on anarchist. because because I'm a content creator, and I've made my living at it for like 10 years, you know, it's kind of like how old people want to strip the government to the bone except for Social Security. It's like <laughs> the one thing that affects them. But I finally gave it up, and I'm not making any less money. I'm actually making more money, and I'm giving stuff away wow. as well as selling it, which is a good model. And then doing stuff on the side like, you know, voiceover work and doing a little bit of WordPress design and things like that. And I I think it could totally get by. Also, there's, you know, if you want to get an idea out, any kind of copyright is going to work against it. You know, there was this – I heard some YouTube the other day of – it was someone's radio show from like 12, 14 years ago. It was supposed to be some anarchist radio – early proto-anarchist radio show on shortwave – and the first thing on it was like, this is copyrighted. Do not distribute without express permission. And I'm like, you're trying to spread an idea and putting that on there?
2: Ridiculous. So, yeah, by the way, anarchists
1: yeah. are people usually from Europe that wear black and throw Molotov cocktails. Well, and that, that's the thing about it is when you watch a movie and the first thing you see is a threat. And yeah. it just reminds me, I'm driving down the road, and the way they're trying to control the speed limit is with signs one after another saying, "You could be smile, you could be on radar, uh, you might get to meet our judge." You know, that it's kind of, sort of humorous, and yet it's a threat. It's a veiled threat, saying, yeah, "We're going like, to get you, know, you, you know, you're if you do this."
3: You're there with your loved one, you got your bowl of popcorn, you're ready for some entertainment, and the FBI is pointing a gun at you in your living room, basically, <laughs> and Interpol too.
0: Michael, thanks for sharing tonight, man. Any other observations on uh, the uh, the new version of distributing things uh, over the internet?
3: Uh, I don't know. I was going to say, I actually came up with something like Creative Commons before Creative Commons, were at the same time. Uh, you should have
0: copyrighted it.
3: <laughs> <laughs> my, first, uh, my first DVD came out. It was called uh, it was a movie called DIY or Die, How to Survive as an Independent Artist. And I put it out. It was called DIY or Die, Burn This DVD. And in the notes on the DVD, I said, you know, anyone's free to make ten copies of this. And sell them for a dollar each and or whatever it costs you to make them. Yeah. And anybody who gets one of those has that license, too. It was not quite Creative Commons, but it was it was in that direction.
0: Nice. Hey, one more thing. Uh, you said you've got a couple movies on Netflix. What, uh, what of your uh, library are there?
3: Uh, Hubert Selby Jr., It'll Be Better Tomorrow, which is a documentary about the writer Hubert Selby Jr., who uh, wrote Requiem for a Dream and Last Exit to Brooklyn, and it's narrated by Robert Downey Jr., and uh, DIY or Die, How to Survive as an Independent Artist. It's gotten a lot harder to get stuff on there. Those were gotten on there by my distributor. Oh. Um, there are services where people will try to get you on there for about 2000 bucks. I would wow. really recommend not using those. It's a scam or something like a scam.
2: Yes, Very good. We will try to do it. Thank <laughs> Give us $2,000. <laughs>
0: Thanks, Michael, yep. for the call tonight. I appreciate Take it. Care. That's Michael from gunsandweed.com, which uh, is a great film. Good documentary. 855 450 That's the toll-free number. 1-855-450-3733. Uh, Dale, d- did you want to share more of the Fathead uh, guy and his excoriation of his fans for <laughs> posting his, his work, uh, Fathead, the documentary film,
1: on YouTube? Well let's 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 here's how he closes his insults out he says the last thing the last thing I need after paying interest on much of the production costs for two years is for a bunch of bozos to give Fathead away for free online. If you want to see now, the is film... is he
0: actually using the word bozo, or are you yeah, inserting that word instead of something No, else? no, he's okay. using
1: bozo. He's he's keeping it clean. Gotcha. If you want to see the film, buy a DVD or watch it on Hulu. By the way, he's suggesting people buy the DVD directly from him. Mm-hmm. If you continue to buy it from the distributors, like he through Amazon, he won't get a penny. Gotcha. Uh, so so yeah, I, and I do is, encourage people, if you're going to buy it, to do it from him and try to support him in some way.
2: You know, but... I mean, some people, it's, you know, buy the DVD. I don't want your DVD. If I just want to see the movie, I just want to see the movie. I don't want to buy the Hulu. Yeah, I, I, I got gotcha, you. But, you know, the the, the suggest. I, I only want a DVD if I want to pop it in and watch it over and over again. So, I mean, right. you know, the DVD says I've got to pay the processing fees to the uh, the credit card company. Somebody's got to put the thing in a truck. There's plastic. There's paper. All these things that you go into it. it. <laughs> I want to watch a movie.
0: 855-450-FREE. The Sekels CAI toll-free line. Live Labor Day edition. You don't have to talk about intellectual property, though, to get on the air. You can
2: bring up anything you want. Take control. This is Free Talk Live. Do you like action and adventure? Do you like suspense? Do you like being scared? Are you tired of the same old crap from your fantasy and horror authors? Then try something original. Give Matthew Bellotti's books a read. As a special promotion to introduce you to his work, all his eBooks will be free to download at mwb.freetalklive.com September 5th and 6th. All five of his books, free, no strings attached. It's Matthew Wayne Bellotti, the best fantasy horror author you've never heard of. mwb.freetalklive.com
0: Take control of the airwaves here, live Labor Day edition of the program, toll-free number 855-450-FREE, and that is the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us on our website over at freetalklive.com. All the features are free. We've got a lot of them. The bulletin board system is one of those things, Uh, bbs.freetalklive.com.
2: That's bbs.freetalklive.com. Also, if you're an outdoors enthusiast and you're looking for camping, hunting, survival, shooting gear... You can get the name brands at the lowest prices at manventureoutpost.com. Everybody wants the name brands because, well, you know that you're getting something quality. You want the low price because everybody wants the, the best price that they could get. Man Venture Outpost consistently will, will provide you with that. Do your own comparison shopping at manventureoutpost.com. I have, and every time I've found that manventureoutpost.com is less costly than their competitors. They've got knives, ammunition, scopes, binoculars, laser sights, tactical flashlights, fish finders, boating equipment. You can get an additional 5% off with coupon code FTL. Get it quick. Get it from manventureoutpost.com.
0: All right, so we'll continue here. You can bring up anything you want. Uh, And since we've been kind of talking about things that are new, in that we've been talking about new uh, methods of distribution of uh, software and movies and music and uh, sort of the freemium model of distribution and not trying to sue your fans or threaten them or intimidate them and actually encouraging them to uh, spread your product around. Mark, you have a story that's kind of about something new. That is Bitcoin. And
2: apparently, you need to beware. Yeah, last week, I think it was the week before, there was some uh, real volatility in the Bitcoin marketplace. Bitcoin basically went... It was a
0: couple weeks ago because it was right before we went to BitInstance offices.
2: That's right. Bitcoin went from like $15 to $7.50 inside of two days. And, uh, you know, there's, there's always a certain level of volatility with Bitcoins. It's a, it's a real free market. And people would like to believe the free markets are, um, you know, based on logic and, uh, you know, all these, uh, you know, good principles. When in fact, it's, it's, it's fear and emotion that drives markets. <laughs> um, and, you know, that's, that's what's going on with with Bitcoins and everything else out there but um I, I think I guess I wanted to explain this to some extent and there's an article from r t dot com that uh, that does so and it going on here is the decentralized digital bitcoin currency has caught the attention of people around the globe who are unhappy with how national uh, bank how national bank mismanagement is impacting the world economy. It has also apparently caught the eye of a very clever schemer hmm now, uh, by the way, if I were to read every article that came out on Bitcoins, and I am a fan and I read every article that comes out on <laughs> Bitcoins, we the show would be about nothing but Bitcoins. But um, this, this I think— Thankfully, is, I'm here to check you. Yeah, this is uh, an important one. So an invite-only online hedge fund that promised lucrative returns for investors called the Bitcoin Savings and Trust is now shut down. <laughs> and— with it have disappeared the service administrator, a user known in the digital currency community as Pirate at 40, as well as millions of dollars worth of the crypto cash, currently valued at around $11 USD per coin. And these coins are digital coins, so they aren't actually coins. But, um, yeah, I mean, so the, the situation here is, is there's a hedge fund out there run by a guy named uh, – who calls himself – a pirate and right. hint, hint. <laughs> who offers six percent return on your money per week. Per week, per week. I mean, I, I too good to be true. That sounds pretty awesome. <laughs> pirate of 40 claim. but it
0: always pans out for the beginning
2: participants. That's a Ponzi scheme. Yes, yeah, this is claiming to be a hedge fund, but what are they hedging against? Well. You know, with this and and that, they're saying this is a Ponzi scheme, right? At the t- and the title of the, the the article, yes, right. But they called
0: it a hedge fund because advertising it as a Ponzi scheme probably wouldn't get you very far, uh, as far as uh, in potential investors. Now, there's always noobs in the marketplace, especially younger people who wouldn't necessarily know what a Ponzi scheme is, but they do know how to use Google and they probably could uh, could you know look up something like that.
2: And, and there are legitimate stock offerings in the Bitcoin world. There's a uh, I can't remember what the name of the stock um, the the stock site is uh, off the top of my head, but I went over there and I bought some shares in a friend's company that he was uh, offering shares in. You know, maybe it'll turn into something. Maybe it won't. To me, it was just kind of, I'm interested in this company and I'm, you know, I'm the kind of sort of lackadaisical investor that uh, that the companies look for. <laughs> but I, you know, I wanted to own a piece of this com- company because mm-hmm. I liked it. It's called uh, SatoshiDice.com. And, uh, you know, I mean, so there are legitimate ways to invest with Bitcoins. There certainly are. And that's the the arena that this Ponzi schemer was uh, operating in. Pirate at 40 claimed that the Bitcoin savings and trust had collected from investors roughly 500,000 worth of the currency. That's 500,000 Bitcoins. So $5 million. Or around 5.49 million in US dollars, but not before disappearing off the face of the web. The virtual hedge fund went offline this month. The following Pirate at 40's announcement that the site would be shutting down soon, but the investors had their own bitcoins tied up at the BS&T say that they think that the e-bankster in charge has uh, bolted with their money. When Pirate at Forty first announced the service would be shutting down, the administrator said the decision was based on the general size and overall time required to manage the transactions, adding, um, as the fund grew... There were larger and larger coin movements, which put a strain on my reserve accounts, and ultimately caused delays on the withdrawals and the inability to fund orders within my own system. Meaning so. that people were drawing their money out. Uh, you know, a Ponzi scheme. When when people are putting money in, then you pay out six percent a, a week. Mm-hmm. Um, to and you, that's not. It doesn't have to be six percent a week to be a Ponzi scheme. But you're paying out whatever you're paying out. Then uh, you know the the the. As long as people are putting money in, you're fine. Right. Because you're, you know, you're stealing the money from the inside and, uh, you know, then you're paying out some other people to make your Ponzi seem look good. So other people get involved and then they get some payouts and on on it goes until at some point or another, the, the pressure to on the withdrawals is just greater than the deposits will allow. And I don't know where this guy's doing with the bitcoins, but, you know, it's a potentially anonymous digital currency, meaning those coins are gone.
0: Yeah, as soon as you turn them over to him, then uh, it was a total crapshoot as to whether or not you saw any of it again.
2: Yeah, and that you know that's that's the long and the short of it. Now, the interesting thing about bitcoins is is that people have been kind of you know saying, oh, you know, bitcoins are it's going to be a disaster for bitcoins. Why would it be a disaster for bitcoins? I mean, if somebody has a Ponzi scheme in dollars, There's no, plenty one of says,
0: scams for dollars,
2: <laughs> right? No one says that it's a bad thing. To me, it says. That bitcoins are worth something, so it adds credibility to bitcoins, not taking it away.
1: It's, it sounds to me like it's, uh, th- there's a lack of, a failure of due diligence to possibly get a contract with a certain person. Uh, you know, it's like if you're paying someone in cash. If I pay someone in cash, I make sure I get a receipt. If my doctor, if I pay my doctor in cash, for instance, mm-hmm. I go get an allergy shot, give them cash, I get a receipt. If they say, "Dell, you didn't pay your bill last month," I, Ooh, "Oh, yes, I did." Here you go, here's my receipt. Yes, I did. Right. So that, and it's the same idea. If you have a con, if you invest with bitcoins, which is sort of like what happened, I guess. It's an, it's, it's a it, bit it, like an investing with bitcoins. It's just like you're investing with cash, right? And have a have make sure you've got your dots, your eyes dotted and your T's crossed. Do your due diligence to make sure that your investment is protected as best you can. Well, right. I mean, an investment is risky anyway, but.
0: Right. Well, part of that due diligence is knowing who you're you're dealing with, ideally, yeah. right? Because you can get a receipt that they took your, your
2: Bitcoins, but well, right, that doesn't right. mean you're
0: going to get your Bitcoins back if they uh, decide to abscond. Uh, and that's essentially
2: what happened here. Yeah, was, yeah there's lots of schemers out there will be happy to give you a receipt for money that you put into their Ponzi scheme, <laughs> you know, which right, just disappear right. on you.
0: So, and, you know, one of the things that the Ponzi scheme has going for it is that it does appear to work in the beginning, and so... There's always somebody who will be you know, willing to give a testimonial. Oh, yeah, I got 6% this week. Man, this is great. Come on in. The water's fine. 855- and it was for them. <laughs> yeah. 855-450-FREE. Right. And they may be telling the truth. They may not be in on the scam at all. They may actually believe that this is working. 855-450-3733. Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. Dial in toll free at 855 450 free, the SACL CAI toll free line. You can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. Enjoy all the features we give to you there. Uh, once again, freetalklive.com. And those features include news updates. You can get signed up to receive emailed updates, or you can follow us on Twitter or Facebook. Now, if you're doing the Twitter or Facebook thing, you're going to get more than you get through the email. The email is a good way to kind of get the news about the show. Twitter and Facebook, you'll get the news, plus you'll get uh, the granular during-the-show updates, uh, questions we might ask, show prep that we might post, uh, observations, and even even sometimes when we're not doing the show, like uh, when we were uh, speaking of bitinstant.com, we were taking a trip out there. We actually did some updates from on the road as well, so you never know what you're going to see over at uh, the Twitter and Facebook pages. You can get to all of it by going to news.freetalklive.com, and like everything else on our site, it's free. That's
2: news.freetalklive.com. I listen to uh, a lot of audio content, whether it's on the radio, books, podcasts, and, you know, different streams and things like that. And here's a podcast that I want to recommend to you that I enjoy. It's called verbalsurgery.com. And the guy who does it, Tim Cummins, he's got a way of kind of getting inside of your head and and making you feel better. Not a lot of podcasts out there are going to affect you on an emotional level. Lots of them can entertain you. Lots of them can give you uh, information. But not many can affect your emotions the way that verbal surgery can um, you know, I, 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 this is something that I want to share with my listeners. Uh, Tim's a great guy, and I've uh, been talking to him for years. He's getting lots and lots of listens on his podcast. It's verbalsurgery.com. I think you'll be happy that you did. Verbalsurgery.com.
0: We're talking about the Ponzi scheme, or at least I don't know, there might be more than one Ponzi scheme, but this is the big one uh, that has taken people for over $5 million U.S. million, over 500,000 bitcoins uh, were invested in this scheme. It's an incredible number. And uh, the guy running it named Pirate at 40 is his uh, online name. He has apparently absconded with uh, millions of dollars worth of people's hard-earned Bitcoins. And people hopefully learned a lesson from this.
2: I think that one of the problems is that their Bitcoins weren't actually hard-earned. That a lot of people have Bitcoins from sort of the early on when Bitcoins were worth 10 or 20 cents a piece, hmm. And these people don't have the the same value for people that have paid $10 for a I Bitcoin. I don't
0: know about that, Mark. I mean, we know that there are people out there who, you know, when they're presented with something that they they think is a good investment, which is what they believed about this, that they were going to get 6% per week interest – Some people might have gone ahead and liquidated all of their cash and turned them into Bitcoins. Could have. With the expectation
2: of going and, uh, you know, making 6% a week. I, yeah, there's certainly so you fools out there. I don't know, yeah, but I think that you know I'm I'm speculating. I said I think when I uh, you know when I first said that, and I think that a lot of people you know just didn't know what to do with their bitcoins. They really just you know they had some. They don't know what to do with them. This guy was offering six percent a week, and that should have been the first indication. But you know if it wasn't, it wasn't. Here's more quotes from uh, what this pirate of forty was saying. He says, um, "This you know, is to, his excuse for shutting down." Basically, on the 14th, I made a final attempt to relieve the pressure on. Off the system by reducing the rates I offered for deposits. Uh, Pirate at 40 wrote in the uh, post at the Bitcoin Talk forum, uh, edited on August the 17th, so it's getting a little dated here. In a perfect world, this uh, would have allowed me to hold on to coins in reserve outside the system, but instead, it only exponentially increased the amount of withdrawals overnight, causing a mass panic from uh, many of my lenders. So, Pirate added that the process of paying— that all
0: out, just sounds like gobbledygook to me.
2: It's it's you know what he's saying is is that he was uh, you know he had a system of providing six percent a week, so he's dropping it down to three percent a week, which still would have been a very impressive uh, return on an investment if this had been an investment and not mm. a Ponzi scheme. <laughs> um, and you know what he was trying to do was change up his system, and that wasn't working. So so instead he just pulled the whole thing down. Yeah, just pulled the whole thing down. So there you go. Um, pirate added that the process of paying out his investors would be finished within a week, but 10 days later, the service's uh, clients claimed that they had been uh, duped. <laughs> investors have been so pers- uh, so persistent for answers regarding the whereabouts of their money that pirate has put on his online away message to read, When I know, you will, and has disappeared from the chat room that set up the uh, answer inquiries. Hmm. You now have a very limited amount of time till the phone starts ringing. You may be hiding, but others—this uh, is a quote here—but others are not so well hid. One user writes in the forum: "Do you really want to see how this plays out?" As of right now, I have about 2,500 reasons to chase you down. Please don't give me any more. So it sounds like a real threat. <laughs> well, he's taken their money. Yep. Yeah, this is a this is five million dollars. Imagine how upset you'd be if he took some portion, you know, some portion of your investment. Well, now look, Mark. It, you and I, we'd gotten scammed. Um, did. Uh, but, this is, but it's a different story. I mean, you know, it is I, a different story. But the what was the site? My uh, MyBitcoin. or something? Com. Something. It was an online bank offering yep. the services that you know, basically just security for your bitcoins.
1: I pulled my bitcoins from that because I didn't feel very good about it before mm-hmm. that happened. Oh yep. man, that must feel, must feel great. You must feel well, smart. It, it wasn't a lot of bitcoins. So yeah, I don't but think but it was, but a lot it was that we yeah. had either really.
0: Uh, you know, I think I had something like eighty bitcoin back then. It wasn't worth as much then as it as uh, they were today. But it was still, you know, a couple hundred bucks worth, uh, basically. And uh, what ended up happening was the site went down and the dude had disappeared. The guy that was running the site had disappeared. But the, the people on the Bitcoin forums were starting to talk about using their Bitcoin to hire a hitman uh, to go after him. And all of a sudden the dude showed back up and he's like, whoa, hey, look, ho ho, I found all the Bitcoins. Uh, well, I found half of them. Here you go. Have 47% of your Bitcoins back. Well, maybe 49%. that inspired.
1: Maybe that was the. Uh, I was gonna say maybe that is what's inspired the sort of threats this guy's receiving now. Hey, this I worked bet. in the past with my Bitcoin. Maybe well, we Bitcoin terrify this guy into. Are a potentially
2: anonymous digital currency. People really could pay a hitman to do it. Also, there was uh, with Bitcoins. With with Bitcoins, <laughs> I mean, it could really be done, and it wouldn't be very. It wouldn't be traceable. So. You know, bitcoins have this aspect to them. Um, but the
1: problem is, this guy, if he did it right, is going to be nigh impossible. Agreed. That's the whole point of bitcoins: is agreed. that they're, they're they're not trackable. Well, so there like. is a, just or a little n- more, almost not
2: a little more to the story is that he had another business called biz, uh, Business Cognition, which billed itself as being able to use the power of our client base to provide you with the the tools and services required to both optimize and ex, uh, your expenses and maximize your profits. Uh, this is his other uh, sort of uh, business here. Apparently, he was a Texas resident who has done business as both Trenton Shavers and Don Schrentz. Mm. So this hustler uh, may have may, – this may be one of his names, uh, may, be, may be these names. And if that's the case, then they do have some kind of trackability on him. But let me tell you about an idea that somebody came up for an online internet currency before bitcoins came out. This was an idea to set up a dead pool. Know what this is, Ian? It's where you bet on somebody going to die. When you bet on where you bet on someone, uh, how they can die. Like a celebrity or something. Now, like imagine somebody set up a Deadpool on a site. Maybe it would be a tour site or maybe it wouldn't be a tour site where you could just Tour on, being an anon, uh, anonymized site. An anonymized site where you could bet on when people would die. And say I got upset with you and I bet $20,000 that you would die on 1 1 uh, 2017 of a bullet wound to the head. Uh, You you could say that, but you wouldn't necessarily have to. And then somebody could bet against me, say one Bitcoin or something like that, Mm -hmm. and say, no, I bet he dies tomorrow. Come and knock you off and get the Bitcoins that were in an escrow account. Okay. I mean, that's one of the things that that an anonymous internet currency would allow. Do you get how that could be? So this – I mean – these things are possible with a with an with an anonymous currency there probably wouldn't be a whole lot of money in it i don't know <laughs> i mean don't you think that people want other people dead
0: yeah but I, I mean you'd have to have somebody who was interesting enough to enough people to put money there into there are a some lot sort of those of people
2: most of them are politicians. <laughs> they, make, they make a living
1: out of threatening people. You know, I don't support uh, I don't even
2: I'm not, I'm not advocating it. I'm only
1: telling you how it could be done. Right, but I can't it's like say like saying I there feel- are these weapons out there. Yeah, I'm I- not using them, but they're out there. You I should know I, about it. <laughs>
0: it'd be hard to feel bad if it happened to a politician, though. I mean, not if they actually died, but you know, if they were scared because of something like that. Like, scared to not It wouldn't be good things. PR. It might, it's definitely it might increase not good PR customer for...
2: service from the side of uh, government.
0: Yeah, that's what I mean. <laughs> 855-453, the cycle CAI, toll-free line, the Bitcoin Ponzi scheme, or whatever you want to discuss, you can take control here. 855-450-3733. But, you know, the lesson, there are lessons to be learned, and one of them is to buyer beware and make sure you know what you're getting into. Make sure you know who the person is that's dealing with it. Don't just trust that he's... You know, being honest with you, his name's Pirate at 40. That's all you know about him?
2: On Free Talk Live, we talk about investing in gold and silver as a hedge against inflation, investment, and barter currency. We've teamed up with Midas Resources to offer you some great rates on some hand-picked gold and silver pieces. U.S. Eagles, British Sovereigns, 20 francs, Lakota Nation Silver Rounds, Montana Silver Reserves, and Walking Liberty Halves. Call 877-857-9938 or go to gold.freetalklive.com. The shipping is the same for one as it is for 20, so try to get as many as you can all at once. gold.freetalklive.com.
0: This is Free Talk Live. Dial in toll-free. Bring up anything you want here in the remaining moments this live Labor Day edition of the program. The number is 855-450-FREE. That's 1-855-450-3733. And you can join us online over at freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features that we have waiting for you there. We've got a lot of them. Uh, Listening options included broadband, uh, mid-band, and narrowband versions of our streams. You can listen to them around the clock. So anytime you tune in, You'll hear the latest episode of Free Talk Live airing for you. And uh, they're free. Just go to listen.freetalklive.com and get tuned in there. That's listen.freetalklive.com. Plus, if you would like to listen via your mobile device, uh, maybe you've got a smartphone, you're welcome to visit M as in Mobile.freetalklive.com. That's M and you'll uh, get to our stream you can get to our streams that way as well. Uh, so, 855 free That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Whether you want to talk about Bitcoin or intellectual property, we've been on kind of those two primary topics throughout the night tonight, or you can bring up anything you want. Since we're talking about things internet-related, I have a, a, a story that'll, I think, tie in here. This is from The Telegraph in the UK, telegraph.co.uk's Stephen Adams, their medical correspondent, reporting that although the World Wide Web has been around for less than a generation, Dr. Christian Montag from the University of Bonn said they had found a gene in people who could not drag themselves away from the Internet, that is. Most were women. Dr. Montag said that biologically speaking, Internet addiction had the same genetic cause as smoking addiction. Hmm. He says Internet addiction is not a figment of our imagination. Researchers and therapists are increasingly closing in on it. Describing the impact of the genetic variant on those who had it, he said, Within the group of subjects exhibiting problematic internet behavior, this variant occurs more frequently, in particular in women. The sex-specific genetic finding may result from a specific subgroup of internet dependency, such as the use of social networks or such. He and colleagues drew their conclusions after interviewing more than 800 people about their internet habits, including how often they thought about it and how much of an impact they felt it was, uh, if it was denied to them. They also looked at the genetic makeup of 132 who seemed most addicted to the net, comparing them to a what they considered healthy control group. They found that many of the 132 had the same genetic variant, which had previously been linked to nicotine addiction. More studies are needed, he says, but added that the current data already shows that there are clear indications for genetic causes of internet addiction, saying if such connections are better understood, it could result in important indications for better therapies.
2: So I wonder what they're talking about as far as the the addiction goes. I mean, just checking people's Facebooks updates on your, you know, friends list. I got
0: a-, a problem with that. I, I admit that I have a problem, and that's one of the first uh, steps towards uh, solving that problem. But I've been admitting I've had a problem it's for a quite long a while.
2: Time. <laughs> I. Uh... Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, sometimes I look and sometimes I don't. There's uh, you know there, there's games on the internet that I find myself playing on a pretty I regular. see you say, playing those a lot. Yeah. I
1: block every single game notification that comes from Facebook. I, oh, I, I want to know people... what other
2: people's games notifications
1: are. I mean, how annoying. No, wait well, a minute. Well, I mean, I, I block all the game apps, period. Anytime something comes in and there's a new game app that I haven't blocked yet, it gets blocked. That's it a lot It saves me a lot of headache <laughs> on Facebook. Now, it's Dale, not. It's not as much work as dealing with them constantly. I suppose Dale's it's here from
0: uh, Flaming Freedom, uh, which you can get over at Flaming Another Freedom. Another plug, but uh, Dale,
1: <laughs> awesome.
0: You are somebody who actually quit Facebook for a time and then came back. So, right. h- how has your usage of Facebook from the first iteration to your current uh, iteration has it changed? You know, was that that, that break yes. that you took did that help you?
1: It, it, it did. Uh, I well, I, I really enjoyed it for a while. First off, it was a great break. Yes. Oh, it was such a relief to get off of Facebook for a while. And I just kept going to I would be in an event, a local event, for instance, and be talking to people and something. So something would have happened. And I'm like, and I would say, wow, really? When did that? I didn't hear about that. And Like, oh, it was on Facebook. <laughs> and yeah. and what I found was I was just missing out on a lot because every, I wasn't addicted to Facebook, but but everyone else was. <laughs> and it's so world of Facebook, so yeah. And uh, and I so I got back it's on half the internet. <laughs> I got back on for a couple of reasons. One was I realized it just was not a wise, just from a business point of view as being in media, Mm. which really needs to be, you know, word of mouth is such a good promotion for media, as we talked about earlier. And being in media, it just made sense to be on it from a business perspective. Mm -hmm. I wanted to spread the word about the show and so forth. And I thought I need to at least be on and promote the show, even if I don't use it for anything else. Of course, once I got back on, I did use it for other things. But like I said, I moderated my usage by things like every time I see a game app, I block it. A new one pops up, I block it. And, and it keeps me – it saves me a little bit of information overload. So I've been going through this constant evolution of trying to figure out how to get around the the information overload that Facebook is and try to get it to show me what I want to see mm. and not too much more. And uh, I did actually – Sounds um, like a part-time job
2: just set it, doing all the settings. It I, is.
1: I, I started off being very discreet about who I would accept as friends too. But I, I quit that too because I realized that really? that's not really helpful in terms of trying to promote my show. It, hmm. I go ahead and take all friend app friend um see, I invites now, but I, I you can restrict what you see from people and things like that. Yeah. So I don't necessarily have to get bombarded with things from them. And if they and I and I go ahead, I started off limiting not not getting anything from them. Uh, if I got a friend request from someone I didn't know, I would just not take any any of their notifications. I could block that. But then I realized eh, it makes more sense to go ahead and just accept them. And you're if full, I start getting bombarded, then I will reduce what I see. You're full bore on uh, Facebook now. I mean, I don't take
2: all the friend requests I, I get. You I, used to. I, I, at one point, I did, and I just had so many. I still haven't gone through the. You thousands, didn't do a purge. I don't know how, and you know, I have to go through sort of one by one. And That's things what you like got to do, buy one one. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, I don't. I don't want a part-time job known yeah. as Facebook. <laughs> and so, you know, they're there, they're there, and if they annoy me, I zap them. Yeah. But I try not to get annoyed too easily because people have their opinions and their opinions are what their opinions are. If their opinion isn't uh, killing people, then I usually don't uh, I see. Uh, get rid of them. But, uh, you, you know, I mean, th- f- Free Talk Live, we take, of course, you know, anybody can like our page. Right. But uh, I have my own Facebook page and I'm not going to just take anybody that I haven't met there. Um, I try do try to take people I've met and talked to. Um, that on-
0: tends to be my rule as well. Uh, so, you know, I th- but I have a problem and uh, the problem is that there's something interesting about what other people are doing like you know facebook has so many useful posts sometimes like i'll find a great prep story for the show on somebody's sure random enough. post that they make because we have similar interests because of you know being knowing each other in real life or whatever and i find myself sometimes on the toilet looking at facebook you
1: know? <laughs> sure, sure which is probably
0: the best time to do it that's what i'm uh, thinking but uh but i also find myself just uh like It'll be late at night, and I'll have my work done. Of course, there's always something else I can do for work. But I'll have like the tasks I need to complete, like putting up the archives for the show. I'll have that done. And I'll find myself just looping on Facebook.
1: And you and, want more content, yeah. don't you? I've, I've yeah. been in that position, Not too. Sleep. And here's what's frustrating is there is so much stuff out there that Facebook has to filter the content. I mean, you can't even really blame Facebook for that per se it, you might be upset about how they do it or the what the results end up being but There's that darn for me timeline. is timeline yeah oh for sure i hate timeline um but but uh but w- what what i'm trying to figure out is this sort of engineering problem of trying to trick facebook into showing me what i actually want to see instead of just sort of deciding for me what i'm going to see or what mm-hmm. they want me to see for whatever weird marketing reasons and so forth and uh, so that's a that's an interesting problem to try to solve by by adjusting the notifications you get from different people and so forth. And and if there are certain people, or I've been getting a lot of updates from certain people and I'm just not interested in them, then I kind of feel like if I filter those out, then more of the stuff I'm more interested in will start to make its way to my page and so forth. Maybe
0: I should start doing that. I haven't really spent much time doing that. I'll just kind of swing down the list of updates and look at what I like and kind of try to ignore what I don't. But maybe maybe it's worth spending the extra time to try to more customize it. But then again, it's just, like, I'll get, I'll get more emails in my Facebook. You know how the Google will let you filter your emails, right, into different labels and such. And at the end of the day, I'll have had, you know, 100-plus emails come into Facebook if I've only had 50 come in elsewhere. And it's just crazy. When I got out of uh, jail after two months, I had 1,500 messages uh, in Facebook.
1: Well, you know, well, notices and things like that. My problem is I don't have a smartphone. I don't really intend to get one for quite a while. There's a huge cost increase to suddenly switch to a smartphone versus just a basic cell phone that I have now prepaid. Uh, and so I, I go for long periods of time where I'm not at my computer, and I'm and that's fine. I don't get any updates that are happening during that whole time. And they're all getting pushed down to mm-hmm. for the latest posts. And I might be interested in some of those older posts, but it really takes some digging to get those. And that's yeah. kind of frustrating, so I, I probably am missing a lot. So there's that issue that kind of bugs me. And uh, I'm going to get the latest stuff, not necessarily the stuff I'm most interested in. And then the other thing is that it bugs me that people still do everything on Facebook and I'm on there now so right. that I don't miss all that stuff. But, but they I ignore know that, the
0: other venues.
1: Yeah, and there are other things. people who aren't on Facebook especially if you're in the Liberty community there are a lot of people that don't want to they call it Fedbook they don't want to be on there <laughs> and so I'm trying to encourage people don't just put it on Facebook right. put it elsewhere too.
0: Yeah, like over at the Shire Society forums at forum.shiresociety.com it's another great uh, New Hampshire based uh, activism website and for those of you that are considering a move here as part of the Free State Project you should go there at uh, Shire Society Check out the forums. Also, the Free State Project has some great forums as well. You can go to freestateproject.org to learn more about a movement of like-minded, liberty-oriented people all coming to the same place. We'll see you tomorrow night freetalklive.com.